0: And what's up? It is Thrash Life episode 13, February 25th.
1: We're here with you, your boys, your boys, both of them, up
0: in Orion Studios, Baltimore, Maryland. Today, we have a, a guest interview. Dave Benzotti of Benzotti Live Radio will be joining Ooh, nice. later to uh, talk about what it's like being. A internet DJ for over a thousand episodes. Oh, I thought you were going to say a thousand years for yeah. me. <laughs> not No, I don't think it's a thousand years. Um, okay, today. well that's
1: impressive though. A thousand episodes. A
0: thousand episodes is huge. So. I'm impressed
1: by that. Yeah.
0: Um, today is National Chocolate Covered Nut Day.
1: Take that how you want it.
0: Yeah. National Clam Chowder Day.
1: Take that how you want it. <laughs> uh
0: real bread week i typed okay. this in wrong yeah i
1: was wondering what that meant read bread was, <laughs> yeah oh,
0: it's fuck, uh, fr- it's real bread week uh okay. it's uh as opposed to the fake breads so, out like, there. like make your own bread i don't know hmm.
1: okay. i don't know what people consider oh.
0: real bread i
1: don't know where to get my hands on real bread apparently
0: i think white bread is real bread that's what i eat it's real it's tangible it's real exists. sugar Today is also the the Fair Trade fortnight, or I guess that's a uh, you know a fortnight of uh, Fair Trade coffee beans and chocolate or what whatever. What is that?
1: Is that related to the video game?
0: Um, maybe. Okay. Leave a comment if you play Fortnite and you know is yeah. it a skin? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, National Engineers Week also. So mm, if you're engineering stuff.
1: Pretty lost without you, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, bridges falling down and stuff.
1: Oh wait, they are.
0: <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> That's out of their control. Yeah. They're supposed to, you know, get the engineers to work doing these things. Yes. Um, quick rest in peace to funk pioneer Betty Davis, who passed away at seventy-seven years of age due to cancer. Mm. Um, couldn't come up That's with a sad. joke for this one. So. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> but she is, uh, she is pretty legit. You should check out her music. Yeah, I listened to a song
1: earlier. It was good. Uh, the vocals are like. So raw, it's like almost unclean vocals, yeah, like way ahead of its time,
0: yeah, yeah. She said raw, she likes it, R A W, yeah. raw, yeah, man, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully,
1: huge. she'll get picked up.
0: Uh, picked up,
1: that's one of her songs.
0: Oh, okay, if
1: I'm lucky, I'll get picked up or something uh,
0: like that. All right, well, uh, interpret that how you will,
1: yeah, speak. Oh, of, yeah, interpret uh... that's how she means it. <laughs>
0: Speaking of musicians, uh, not
1: pioneers, uh, attempted pioneership here
0: uh, attempted pioneership, uh, Kanye West, big, big fan of the podcast. He pops in here every now and then. Um, he's revealed that the only way to listen to his new album will be on his new STEM player. Have you seen this thing?
1: I don't even know what a stem player is. I thought you made another misspelling for, like, a stream player or something.
0: Uh, I thought this was, like, uh, like real player back in the day. Okay, it dealt with, yeah, like, yeah. a program. Yeah. But, no, this thing looks like one of those Bluetooth speakers, like one of those, um, you know, little oyster shells. This is a hardware you this, have this to is a buy. hardware unit of a little a Bluetooth speaker oh, wow. um, with exclusive uh, uh, walled garden content for yeah. it. And the only way um, that you're going to be able to get this new album, Donda 2, is going to be exclusively through this platform. Um, he shared this over uh, Instagram on February 18th when he played a song on the on the stem. And he was like, oh, oh man, today's artists get just 12% of the money the industry makes. It's time for... F- it's time not not for free music. It's time to free music, oh, yeah, it's free music from this oppressive system. It's time to take control and build our own, he wrote. And then he had a link for the STEM player.
1: Hmm. So uh That's why starting next week, you can only find this podcast through the Medusa head <laughs> stem player. Yeah,
0: yeah, we have a new device. <laughs> We're uh debuting. Uh Kyle just spilled the beans we on it. We are actually
1: ahead of Kanye West on this. It's
0: actually going to be a uh, Bluetooth player from Five Below, but we're going to, you know, cut off all the ability to listen to anything else other than application yes. data through
1: this. Uh, we definitely won't be know. listening to you. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, in response to this, Apple pulled a $2 million sponsorship from Kanye West uh, because they were supposed to stream. The two twenty two twenty two date hmm. listening party event for Don 2. but he just like I mean, didn't
1: even tell him, and was two like, million dollars is nothing to either party in this situation. Yeah,
0: probably. It's just kind of funny that he yeah, uh, it just drops funny. a sponsorship yeah. through an
1: Instagram post. Yeah, especially because the event is pretty damn close, and he just comes out and he's like, "Nah, I got my own hardware now." Yeah.
0: We talked before about title not being like uh, very uh, heroic uh, yeah. interlopers in this whole situation of streaming music, and Kanye West is in Kanye. no way. Yeah, please, no. <laughs> like, jeez, he's not. Qual- I feel like he's not qualified. Well, to do anything Well, plus, I think albums. actually,
1: what he's trying to set up is a system where you have to buy a hardware device from every band in order to listen to their music, or every artist, I should say. And so that's like what he. Th- I think his vision for the future is is so that all music goes through the artist directly. Which I don't know. who wants to have like 250 Bluetooth speakers sitting around? That's like worse than CDs. It, you gotta break out your CD booklet of STEM players.
0: Yeah, well, when I first heard about it that it was a physical device, I was reminded of hit clips. Back oh, in the yeah, day, in yeah. Yeah, the toy aisle, yeah. had these little microchips that would go into a miniature player that's like as big as a headphone jack, essentially, and well, you'd get to listen to 60 like seconds. Tamagotchi
1: somewhere. with half a song on yeah,
0: it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Like, I thought, oh, we're we going this way again. We're going to have some physical media. Yeah. But no, no physical media, just a physical One piece of device. physical
1: media you have to buy, yeah. and then I guess you can get all of his music in the future. Should this thing not fall flat on its face.
0: Yeah, if you want to license your music through the uh, through the STEM system, I guess you'll have to hit up Yee. I believe yeah. that's what he's called now. Just
1: it's, Yee. I thought it was Yay. Is it Yee? I don't know. I, okay. I think so, Kanye. Oh, I, don't
0: I thought he was like Yee, like Yeezy. Oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well. Let us know.
0: Get back to us when you have uh, umlaut or uh, something on that yeah. e to let us know how that's supposed to sound.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and uh, and more more friends of the podcast, the Foo Fighters, Dave well,
1: Grohl. Absolute best friends of the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's usually, it seems he finally took our advice. We've been telling him to get into thrash music. Yeah, yeah. Every time he stops by. That's all <laughs> we talk about. Dave, come on, man.
0: Yeah, we, we repped Dave Grohl so much on this podcast that he went out and he made a fucking thrash song.
1: A perfect masterpiece of a thrash song. Did too, you like in my it? Opinion. I loved it, yeah.
0: I, don't know. I thought it was a bit canned. Like a little bit too, uh, you know, nothing but net. Swish, just yeah. you know, right down the middle. Oh, yeah. And in that way, it kind of felt a little uninspired, but it also did feel like it was aiming directly for... I think something he was
1: it. going for the old Got school it. sound before all this extra spice had been thrown onto the thrash genre, so yeah, yeah. I think he, I mean, I was picking up some major Exodus vibes from it,
0: yeah, definitely. So, uh, his new movie Studio 666 comes out today, the 25th of February,
1: in theaters or in theaters, I believe.
0: Oh, and, I, uh, I want to
1: stream it, but I ain't going to the theater.
0: Well, there's always a uh, piracy if you don't tell david draymond about it um you know (laughs) this movie has a fictional band called dream widow now i saw this frequently misspelled as dream window so you'll just have to see the movie to know which one don't
1: care for either name
0: um apparently this was the the band that cursed the house prior or something in the in the Script. Oh, okay. Um, uh, the lead singer killed all of his bandmates oh. and uh, and whatnot. But they had a whole album in that movie. And then uh, Dave Grohl decided to make a whole album for this movie to represent that kind of like uh, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. Kind yeah,
1: of I mean we, that's what we told him to do.
0: Yeah, definitely. When he was here. Yeah. So that song that he put out was called "March of the Insane." Yeah. It was a lyric video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Join the chorus of pain, <laughs> yeah, March with the insane.
0: Um, and then uh, apparently, there's a full blown album coming out, which also has a 13 minute metal epic comprising of like four or five parts that are all like strung together. He so, took again, our advice
1: there, too. We were like, Dave, 13 minutes, bro, yeah, yeah, break that sucker up,
0: yeah. But you know, we were also like, you know, it's got to be like pick a destiny, you got to have the epic song in there, it's yeah. got to have a super long song, yeah. Um he said, you know, it has a lot of influences like the band Trouble, the band Corrosion of Conformity, uh, and Kios. Corrosion of Conformity is sweet, man. They got some yeah. real, uh, some drunk a- anthems. Yeah, so like pretty, Albatross.
1: Um, I don't know if I should say underrated because they're pretty well known, but they have always kind of just like flown a little under the radar.
0: Yeah, they don't get the respect they deserve, man. Yeah. They got a, a wide range of sound too. Yeah, yeah. fun band. To listen Definitely to. fun. Kiss. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Dave if Grohl you got like,
1: like couch lock from some really good indica. Kiss is pretty cool. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Kiss is, um, you know, the the proto band of uh, what would we become Queen to the Stone Age and yeah. all that. So, and trouble. Trouble's pretty sweet too. Don't get into trouble, but you no. know, stay safe. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of getting into trouble,
1: yeah, don't go to space,
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't go to space. Uh, Beavis and Butthead coming back, yep. Um, with a new um movie and TV series, as well as all the old TV shows coming back, uh. Us two in these chairs, we are Beavis and Butthead right now. So clearly this is a relevant news topic that needs I to be covered.
1: I am excited for it. Yes. Uh I'll get into it more in our next topic, but yeah. This is uh yeah, this is awesome. This is a good sign.
0: So um what what they build it as in the in perhaps the dumbest space movie ever made, Beavis and Butthead are sentenced to space camp by a creative judge in nineteen ninety-eight their obsession with a docking simulator. <laughs>
1: I hope Mike Judge is the judge. So we Judge Judge. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah. It leads them on a trip to the space shuttle with predictably disastrous results. And after going through a black hole, they reemerge in our time where they look for love, misuse <laughs> iPhones, and are hunted by the deep state. Spoiler, they don't score. And it'll be called Beavis and Butthead. Do the universe.
1: Love it. Seems good. I loved Do America. Do I America mean, was I really good. I saw that in the theaters. So maybe for, like, tradition's sake, I should see this one in the theaters. But
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, they say new episodes are coming along with uh, 200 remastered MTV episodes. Uh, I'm not sure if that includes the short, like, reboot that they did in, like, 2011. Yeah. And this will all be on uh, Paramount+, Plus, I believe. Oh, nice. Uh, which is... Uh, I don't have that. I mean, I for me, like,
1: see. like those on Saturday nights, sometimes when they would do a thing called a maranathon and play Beavis and Butthead from, like, midnight until, like, 7 a.m. Mm. And as a kid, like, having to stay up till midnight, but then also stay up all night watching this show, just, like, cracking up. Like, me and my sister always watched it, like, Beavis and Butthead and uh, the Sega Genesis... Um, thing where you, Sega Channel. Yeah, yeah. Those are like the core memories of my childhood. Oh, man. Yeah. Beavis so I can't wait for games. all this. Yeah.
0: I'm on the Genesis and on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, there was a, I had a Beavis and Butthead poster in my yeah, wall in my stayed bedroom. up all
1: night one night with uh, Zeb and beat Beavis and Butthead on Sega Genesis.
0: Ooh. Nice. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. I love Beavis and Butthead. And if you don't, you probably haven't watched it. <laughs> well, maybe
0: I guess uh, I will be pirating this And again not telling David Draymond about it Because piracy yeah. doesn't exist anymore Thanks to the major labels
1: Yeah
0: Now Lastly Before we get into our uh, Discussion with uh, Mr. Benzotti We talked About the Super Bowl Yep. I had the Cats You yep. had the Rams got You gotcha. were The winner.
1: Yep, yep. Um, Ram it all day, ram it all night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the Super Bowl halftime show, as well as the commercials, were uh, interesting. And the commercials, um, I I I remember remember having
1: like a few chuckles and just being like, "All right, that was cool." But like, not. It's not like I'm not a Super Bowl commercial guy. Where like I remember them, and that's like the talking point of the Super Bowl for me.
0: Well they had those frogs but right the I budweiser frogs That was a
1: good yeah yeah like way back in the yeah, day the budweiser yeah. Did commercial... Did they bring them back No no no, no. Do you remember the budweiser Yeah, oh, yeah, commercial? I remember them. It yeah. It was like a was...
0: horse. The horse was like Oh, oh I'm going to I'm going to die or something. And the guy was like cool I better have a Budweiser, and they drink some beer in the night, and then in the morning, the horse gets up, and he's like, yeah, I'm better now, and it's Uh, like, Budweiser had nothing to do with this fucking horse. What are you doing?
1: All right, either way, I thought it was going to be like a sad Budweiser commercial where you wake up in the morning and the horse is dead. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I I missed that one. um, It was fucking weird. (laughs) I I do... I generally don't stand around and watch TV. I'm Mm, always, like, moving around, so I didn't even catch, like, every minute of the game, but... Caught every minute of the halftime show, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, the halftime show was amazing. Yes, so we had a uh, you know, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, uh, surprise appearance by 50. Dude, I
1: lost it when 50 dropped out of there. I <laughs> thought it, like it seemed like a very Kendrick Lamar thing to drop out of the ceiling, yeah, yeah. So I thought that's who it was gonna be, right? And then when I saw 50, I was like, literally, I was like, 50. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was, uh yeah, it was pretty cool. You, you know, you had Kendrick on there, obviously. Uh, yeah. So it started out with that giant console, like, uh coming out of the, the truck or whatever. Yeah. But, like, at the time, in the beginning of it, because of the camera angle, I thought it was, like, just CG. And I was like, this is oh, really weird, okay. like, because well, it was all so white. Yeah. And then it, like, comes out of the thing, and it's like, oh, shit, there actually is... I'm not sure if the console is actually functional, but um one of the things that, like really got me about it It was like there's a couple drum kits up there and numerous other live band members and you can hear that at some point they're actually putting those live instruments into the mix and kind of
1: but and using pre-recorded bits the the drums especially i could like just kind of hear that the like the drums were at least in the mix i I feel like they never cut like the whole overdub thing but they did allow the actual musicians to play which i thought was awesome
0: yeah, they usually don't let you do live stuff. They want you to do a, a completely pre-recorded thing. Yeah. And the way this like was all blended together so seamlessly, and it sounded like they were live. It didn't sound mm-hmm. like a recorded version. Okay. So, like- yeah,
1: which I wanted to touch on that, too, because we got to give props to uh, Adam Blackstone, the guy playing the chromed-out five-string Jackson bass. Oh, yeah? Also, the musical director of the entire event. Oh, okay. So, yeah, a lot of that was him. That dude is amazing. Right on. He's like the musical director for a lot of people right now. I think Nicki Minaj and hmm. Justin Timberlake. Like, So he's essentially, like, if you close your eyes, everything you're hearing has his fingerprints all Interesting. over it. Yeah. Just like there's another person that's responsible for everything you see if you put the TV on mute. Yeah, like he's the audio coordinator of the whole thing. Mm. Music director I think is the name the title they give him, but he's playing a fucking Jackson tune like a fucking sweet. <laughs> do you see it was chromed out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um
0: Dr. Dre was sitting at the console. We I could kind of tell he wasn't he had his own stuff to do. Other people were yeah. doing the stuff yeah. for uh him. He wasn't pushing, you know, the faders weren't actually active on that. Yeah, the
1: one thing I did notice, he got up from the piano about, like, two notes too early. Mm. But I still believe that what he was playing was in the mix, you know? Because it sounded different when he got up and stopped playing, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I could definitely hear, and, like, I kind of wonder, because, like... Some of this stuff, it, it almost seems like they they might be inclined to, like, leave certain artists to hang out and dry and, you know, have them have a worse or better performance. Yeah. Or they, I mean, who knows? But uh, Mary J. Blige was oh. very, very raw on
1: that. Like, very... Uh, I loved that about it, though. Like, like yeah. she was, like, I mean, even the way she was dancing was raw as shit. Yeah, like, yeah. That was...
0: I could tell right away the heels were like a bit much and she's like trying to navigate yeah. because they're all in these trucks and Yeah, they also have a bunch of convertibles pulled out on the lawn yeah. and a bunch of dancers and stuff. And she is like in front of all these dancers, all the dancers are doing stuff. And yeah. the, 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 the wardrobe is like not cooperating yeah. with the
1: dance. I mean, to be honest, I've never, like, she's always been on the periphery of stuff that I listen to, but mm-hmm. I've never like listened to her stuff. Yeah. But I'm, I'm pretty sure what I heard the other day they said was a new song from her. And I dig it. It had, like, I mean, you know, I, I don't know why, but I like that whole, like, gospel sound in my yeah, fucking yeah. R&B. And I feel like it had that. But uh she won me over extra there, too. Like, I've never, like, disliked her, but I was just like, dang, i got to go back and start listening to some albums, I think. Yeah, she really, at a certain point, it was like,
0: this is a performance, you know, it's, it's a, a normal performance. And then at a certain point, she really cranked it out. She knew yeah. she was there. And you could tell she had just, like, turned the knob yeah. and really, like... Hit Big the, hit energy. The, hit the good, like, vocal breakup and got yeah. the, like, really good tones out of there. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, we had, uh, you know, 50 Cent dropping out of the ceiling. Everybody said he looked fat, right? Yeah. I, I had... No. I actually uh, like
1: would trade bodies with him in a second.
0: I didn't think he looked fat in the slightest. He looked jacked as shit. He yeah. looked very like big, like maybe very, like he, a lot like, of he looked like a
1: jacked dude who maybe got a little bit softer, but didn't really get like smaller. I I just I didn't even see like a belly. But, I didn't see any fat. Like I saw like.
0: Huge, yeah. huge dude. I mean,
1: I guess he's not flexing while he's hanging upside down. No, he know, looks a so. little
0: round, like maybe, you know. Because he's
1: older, though. I mean, that's your could, face rounds out when you get older, whether we like it or not.
0: It could be that steroid use, maybe. I don't, I don't know.
1: Because people but do that to get that I thought big. he looked fine. But I thought he looked great. Yeah, he does look. Uh, I was excited that he was part of it.
0: Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was cool. Then you had uh, Kendrick Lamar. That's yeah. the first thing I noticed playing was when, uh, That's where
1: I was disappointed a little bit. I so, wish he would have done a song that was a little bit more of like one of his hits, but it was mm, still visually the best part of the show.
0: Yeah. A huge uh synchronized dance performance. All yeah. the dancers had Dre Day. And then, like, this is where I really noticed where like a lot of his lyrics are censored. He has a lot of profanity in his stuff for the Super Bowl, but he yeah. does have in particular a line about how he has no love for the popo
1: same with Dre meaning,
0: meaning the police
1: he said the still not yeah. loving police part too yeah so, so they Kendrick asked him not to
0: say yeah that. supposedly the NFL asked them all to, all to not do this yeah. and Kendrick uh decided to self-censor on that stage mm. now the whole dre day sash and everything made me think maybe he knew and he was okay with himself censoring so that they could get to the end where yeah. Dre could be the one to make oh, yeah. the statement because it is Dre day. Yeah,
1: because I don't you know, think any of knows. these people are afraid of the NFL's fines. No, so. I think. Because uh, Eminem took the knee and actually, yeah. like, let me get into a more, I, I think the NFL told him not to do that or didn't tell him not to do that and public, publicized that they did. Like, I think they wanted him to do all that.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's weird. So yeah, so as you said, Eminem did uh, well. Eminem comes out on stage. Let me just say Eminem looks like such a weird, like baby man with his dyed <laughs> hair. Yeah. Like why he, like I said, the moment he came out, he needs like one of those fucking hats with the propeller on the top. Cause like, he just looks like such like a 14 year old still. It's yeah. really weird.
1: I guess maybe it's the TV makeup for the HD or whatever. It's crazy how long he's been around. I mean, rock and roll hall of fame, uh, nominee <laughs> and everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I think he might get in this year based off of this performance. It yeah. was, Extremely good. Now he was yeah. the most evident, I think, in his lip syncing to yeah. his stuff. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. I noticed it a little bit
1: with Fifty, and I couldn't tell if the music was messing up on him or if that was actually him. But
0: yeah, yeah,
1: like there was something a little weird in there. But and then at the end of what he's doing, he
0: he takes uh, so Marshall Mathers, Eminem takes a knee, Slim Shady. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And and they're transitioning, you know, this is all a melody, so they're just transitioning to another person. And if if nobody had told me that this dude took took a knee, I would not have noticed. Yeah. Like it's just he's he's not the focal point at the point in which he does so. It gets easily traded off to Dre, who starts playing the piano. Right. Um and I just think it's funny, it's one of those things where it's like yeah, clearly it wasn't about the if you're mad about the knee the taking the knee thing, clearly it wasn't about the Star Spangled Banner.
1: No, I think the Yeah, that's a good point. That's funny. But I think that the 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 halftime show was designed as a bit of a middle finger to all the people that were like, mm-hmm. I'm not watching anymore. They took a knee, I'm out, I'm uh, done right. with this. Yeah. And so him taking a knee is like just a cherry on top. It's not like Yeah. They already knew what they were getting into by doing this. And, like, that's one thing I've noticed is a lot of people bringing up, like, a similar point in, like, memes and stuff. I just want to make sure, like, I don't think this is on the lines of, like, race or anything like that. I just think that this is why it was so powerful for a lot of us is that the NFL is a really smart business organization. Like, they don't fail. And they've caught on to that. They always catch on to things early. And I think they've caught on to the fact that, like, COVID keeping fans out of the stands for a whole year was like a giant reset button. Mm -hmm. And it called the bluff of all those people that were like, I'm not doing NFL anymore. I'm out. I'm out. And so, like, they were like, all right, we'll shift gears then. And they went after a different demographic now. And I think that's what the NFL is doing. And because they're so early on things, I see it as a giant, like, beacon of hope that we are leaving the boomer years And entering a time when the economy is controlled by catering to people my age, which makes me feel real good. And I think that's why a lot of people, like, it's just almost like being, like, seen. It's like, oh, my God, they did this for me. They never do anything for me. Yeah,
0: that's a good point.
1: And so, like, I think it it started, like, movies for a long time have stopped catering to boomers. And that's why everything's, like, superhero movie and stuff like that now catering to our generation. And so, like, it's just another step in, like, our time is coming. And I don't mean any hate towards boomers. It's just that a lot of them are retiring or, like, COVID. Like, unfortunately, people have died. Like, they're not driving the economy anymore. And so I see this as a big uh, first step in our turn to actually be the ones whose dollar counts.
0: Yeah. Interestingly, uh, speaking of dollars counting, none of these people got paid. They never do. But they pay for everything, all yes. the setup and all the the staging and the costumes it's and a, all the a, other stuff. Super
1: Bowl's always been pay-to-play. It's like a paid in exposure thing. Yeah. And in this instance, this is one rare time I think both parties made out like bandits.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a great show. Um I went and looked up some past halftime shows to kind of compare and see where yeah. you know we're we're at. <clears throat> Um, because like I said, in the, in the past, they didn't necessarily get to do live blends. It was always kind of pre-recorded music and stuff like that. So Prince famously performing in the rain was,
1: uh, you couldn't have silhouette sheet and that guitar that looked like a weird dinosaur alien. That guitar looks
0: so sweet, man. I love it. Uh, but the Michael Jackson one is one that I thought was really interesting because like that kind of showed that like. Even Michael Jackson needed to, wanted to do the the free the yeah, pay for I mean played for
1: publicity or yeah. exposure, and uh, that's what I'm saying. The NFL is like really really good at business. Like they got yeah. all these people to do a pay for play, and
0: you know the MJ show, um, God it's, it's so wild like. Uh, that was like that heal the world period where oh, he had yeah. like the save Save the children and all yeah. all that uh, chanty stuff. So it's all pre-recorded. He comes out. It's all, I mean, first of all, I just love the old uh, Michael Jackson thing where he like pops out of like the floor yeah. and he just Ooh, stands wah. there
2: <laughs> and he <laughs> like all these noises yeah, and
0: shit. Or, yeah, you're like, he like does some like Terminator looking like moves yeah. and then he just like freezes like, uh, you know, like uh, content creator Nardwar if you ever oh, seen yeah. that guy. Yeah
1: he's he just, pretty good at holding the uh, freeze.
0: Yeah yeah <laughs> he'll just like freeze for like 10 minutes and people just fucking go wild. It's yeah. just amazing. But um yeah that show it's all it's all pre-recorded it's a very short medley of songs and then he does the um the heal the world and, and whatnot. Apparently he had actually managed to get the NFL to donate a hundred thousand dollars to the We all the world charity for children yeah, or whatever yeah. he didn't see any money from it but he would actually got yeah, that's nice. somewhat of a pay, pay yeah, out of it but still... mary j blige confirmed that she was not paid for this
1: which i believe also the whole thing is set up by pepsi too so take it up with them yeah i mean it's they're the ones i think who pay for it so then like all these artists it's like if you'll show up and do the gig for free you can get the exposure. it's like they're not paid but they didn't yeah. pay for it probably either
0: yeah, I mean it's it's great, um, PR for sure.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. plus I mean they should be paid, but I'm I'm just yeah. glad that they were willing to do it without it. Yeah, you know, for all of us a, that uh, thoroughly enjoyed it,
0: I mean, they made an agreement between themselves that worked yeah. out for them, and it uh, also worked out for us. Yeah, so
1: I mean, there we At go. this point, I see people clamoring for this tour, and I would pay. 200 bucks for this tour, hmm. probably. Uh, well, See a full set from all these people? Yeah, that would me? be cool.
0: One of the funny things I saw was that uh, apparently they wouldn't let Snoop Dogg wear a uh, blue bandana in his back pocket like the
1: like the Crip wow. gang.
0: So he wore the whole blue bandana out- outfit. But then yeah. somebody said he looked like the rug from Aladdin.
1: Yeah, I thought he looked more like he was just repping the Rams really hard with that blue and yellow. <laughs> I mean, it I was didn't cool. even think, Crips. I just thought, like, <laughs> damn, he's behind the Rams tonight.
0: <laughs> he looks pretty cool. I liked his outfit, but yeah. he always looks pretty cool. So, yeah. so what happens when you get a bunch of money and yeah. get to wear like loungewear. I mean,
1: <laughs> I, I'm okay with them telling him not to do the bandana thing just because there's like bars that won't let you do that. So, yeah, I guess. Whatever.
0: We'll see. So, um, last but not least, we're going to go ahead into this interview with our guest. And I hope you enjoy the conversation yeah. that's about to take well, place. I like how
1: you said it earlier, like the Mr. Benzati, It sounds like we got somebody like ultra, ultra important coming in today.
0: Uh, all our guests are important, but he's yeah. pretty important as well.
1: Yeah. So let's check out. He's it. regular important like the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, to start, could you introduce yourself and tell us your pronouns?
3: Yes, Dave Benzotti, he and him.
0: Awesome. And you are the main DJ guy behind Benzati Live Metal Radio.
3: I, yeah, I would be the only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Benzotti Live Metal Radio is me. Right on. Yeah.
0: So are you only radio or were you a musician at some point or, have you, or are you just more of a appreciator of, you know, everything that people do?
3: Yes. <laughs> All of the above. Okay. Uh, many, many moons ago, I was a singer. Uh, I was a the crossover thrash singer in the mid to late 80s. Okay. Uh, yeah. So back in the day, yeah. So, you know, right. early, early beginnings, DRI, COC. VSD, that's what I was in. I was in one of the alphabet soups. You you probably (laughs) recognize the other ones. Uh, You've probably never heard of VSD. Well, welcome Uh, to
0: thrash life. (laughs) Yes,
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, obscure. And then in the early 90s, um, I was singing for a band out of the Baltimore area called Speaking in Tongues. Awesome. Um, Oh, and then, well, geez whiz. I actually drummed uh, for what we dubbed the heaviest band in the world, DDT. Oh, in when the hell was that? Nineteen eighty-five, something like that. I'm thankful you're not familiar with that because it was <laughs> it was perhaps it was in the running of the heaviest band in the world. But okay. uh, we're stretching the definition of the word heavy, mm. and uh, we're stretching the definition of the word band. <laughs> okay, yeah. very very experimental. Talk about kids learning instruments. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I I can't carry a tune with a guitar, you know, in a bucket. I can't play a lick of guitar. Uh, I can sing. I am a great fan of metal music. Awesome. Uh, And heavy music in general. And and music in general. Right. But, you know, I I like hard rock, heavy metal.
0: Me too. Yeah.
3: (laughs) That's where it's at.
0: So, earliest musical influence. Before, you know, you got involved with doing the metal things yourself. Right. What slapped you in the face and let you know that music was... A thing that, like, suddenly, wow.
3: Yes. Uh, well, I'm an only child, but I was blessed with two older next-door neighbors. Mm-hmm. They're, like, seven and nine years older than I am. Um, so they were, like, into ACDC, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, um, KISS. So in, like, 1974, I got introduced to KISS. Uh, yeah so I was like four years old um and it just kept going you know they, they, they would they would play me music their own little brother didn't really like hard rock um, so they kind of adopted me as like their ah. their experiment yeah, uh, yeah. and it, it stuck it, it definitely stuck uh, you know I, that that's when I realized it my, my very first album that I ever bought was uh, kiss the originals. A three three gatefold LP. Okay. So it's the first three Kiss albums ah. that they released after the first three Kiss albums came out. They re- released this thing. This was before Alive? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe.
0: So um jamming with other musicians. Yeah, you became a musician at some point, uh, yeah. presumably because you like the stuff. And, right. Um, what was that like uh, to make the leap from fan to band? Was it uh, more of a, a party time guys hanging out in the garage sort of thing, or is it like I want to
3: do this as a career? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I wanted to desperately. Uh, I grew up in a little town called Joppa, Town, Maryland. Okay. Um, which oddly enough, and I think I'm telling you the truth when I say this, I think it has more musicians per capita than Los Angeles Mm. because everybody that I grew up with was some sort of musician. Right. And there weren't that many people. I mean, at the time, there were several thousand people. That's counting moms, dads, grandmas, everybody Mm -hmm. (laughs) lived in Joptown. But all the—and I'm exaggerating slightly when I say all of— but many of the kids— got into music um like almost all my friends played guitar i made a very lame attempt and realized it was not for me Uh, so i I ended up singing by default because i didn't have any musical ability musical aptitude but it did have a voice and i had a voice for heavy metal not a rob halford voice for heavy metal or jeff tate voice but a voice for metal uh, and The, the, the Leap, um, I think by formed my first band in like 82, 83, something like that. So I was like 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't thinking at the time that, you know, oh, this is going to be it. But at the time, the idea was to make a really heavy band, you know. And, right. then, and then from there, uh, it began as a band called Red Viking, um, And then we evolved Red Viking into a band called DDT, which I mentioned earlier. And it was the same three guys. We just switched instruments. Um, so I sang for Red Viking and then switched to drums for DDT. Uh, and then some of the real musicians uh, from Jabatown attempted to play with us. And it was short-lived because, you know, we just... They finally really—you guys can't play very well, right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we did one live show, uh, which oddly enough was with Death Thrash from New Jersey. Um, I booked the show, so that's how we ended up with it. Uh, But then in in high school, uh, we formed a band called VSD. Uh, and like I say it was one of, one of the Alphabet Soup bands, uh, mm-hmm. and that that was really cool. I mean, I really started to get the feel for it. Like, like you, you would say, describe the feeling from switching from uh, fan to performer. It was immediate and like intoxicating. Right? Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I liken it to like like hitting a home run in Little League. That feeling when the, when you hit a really solid you know, or, or, or kicking a goal or just something. I I've never surfed, but I'm, I'm imagining like catching a wave like that, you know, it was state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. I mean, we played in VSD. Um, we played some really cool stuff, uh, here in Baltimore, there was a place called, uh, the loft, uh, Utah street clubhouse, whatever, went went through many, many names, Mm -hmm. uh, Utah and Mulberry street. That's where it was now. I, I don't even think it's a parking lot now. I think there's a building there now, uh, but at the time it was this rinky-dink little hole in the wall. Uh, <laughs> but everybody that was anybody played at the loft, mm-hmm. and it, it was just it was awesome. I mean, Agnostic Front, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, Coc Slayer, uh, Nuclear Assault, just you name it, they they played there, um, and. W- our very first show of VSD was opening for whiplash on the power and pain tour. So those of you, uh, that are fans of thrash metal, you know, hold whiplash in, like super high regard. Like I think that's one of the most great thrash records ever, you yeah. know? And to be, I think I was 15, 60, 15 years old at the time. So my father's birthday, the year I turned 15, I think, uh, we we opened for Whiplash, and uh, Anvil bitch from Philadelphia, and it was just it was awesome. We got up there and we were nervous as hell. You know, just high school kids. I think I was in like tenth or eleventh grade. I think I was in tenth grade, um, and we just the first three songs was kind. Of, well, the first one was like crickets. You know, was like man, oh, this is <laughs> this is a little scary. You know, yeah. and then the second one it got a little bit. You know, maybe three. But after the third song, like the crowd was really into it, and then it was just like, "Oh man, this is it, yeah. dude! This is it!" And at the very end, like the guys from Whiplash are in the front row, like headbanging thrash, and thrashing. Uh, nice. Tony, the drummer, hands me a beer. You know, I'm like, "Dude, I'm in tenth grade. This is awesome. Thanks, man." Tony, <laughs> yeah, they were all named Tony, but yeah. You know. But yeah, there was that. Um, and then later, I, th- I think it was the next year. Uh, I became started the book shows uh, as a as a youngster. I, think I was sixteen, mm-hmm. and I I booked uh, Hallow's Eve, another somewhat famous thrash band, uh, in a church basement in Bel Air, Maryland. Nice, uh, yeah, Aww. man, it's it's awesome. And I don't know how much time that that we have to tell stories, but
0: oh, as much time as you want. Well, I've got a story <laughs> for that,
3: right? So, so this. I, I booked the sh- I booked this Death Thrash show, Death Thrash from New Jersey. Um at the time I was pen pals with like all you know, actual pen and paper, uh pen and paper stamps, all that all that good stuff. And I was pen pals with a whole bunch of different bands and, and whatnot. Like I was pen pals at one point with Agnostic Front and Watchtower from Austin, Texas, Cryptic Slaughter from uh I think they were in Santa Monica at the time. Um but anyway, word started getting around among fellow pen palers or whatever that there was this kid in, in Maryland that could book shows, would book shows. So I was contacted by Hallow's Eve's management. management. Um, and I was like, yeah, well, I can do a show. Sure. You know? So I, I signed a contract and all. Um, and I paid him a hundred bucks and a six pack of beer. Nice. <laughs> and I booked him in a place called the Bel Air Teen Center. Uh, and it was in a church basement right on Main Street in Bel Air, which is like the most maybe not the most bizarre, but a pretty damn bizarre uh, spot to think of a thrash show. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was also with Anvil Bitch. I brought Anvil Bitch because we had played with them. We would opened for them um, down at the loft, and then it was like maybe six months later. So I contacted them and said, hey, you want to come down to, it's not really Baltimore, but you want to come back to Maryland to play with us? They were like, yeah, man, we had a blast play with you last time. So they said, who's it with? I told them, Halloween Eve. They're like, yeah, count me in. So my my bass player at the time uh, spray paints a, a sign and he and he puts it out front and of course he puts anvil bitch on the sign. Well, the church has a you know conniption because we're yeah. you know yeah we're we're What the hell's an anvil bitch? <laughs> uh, and Hallow's eve you know the combination thereof. Um, so it was it was a really a, a, a cool time in my life. And then we we got to play all kinds of things. VSD over for D Croison one time and. Dillsburg Fire Hall at, uh, up in Dillsburg, Pennsylvania, and that was just like a a trip. And we had to go through all these like little bunny trails to get there. <laughs> um, but all right, so I'll, now I better tell it now in case I forget. Flash, flash, yeah, flash forward <laughs> to like thirty some odd years later. Mm-hmm. I'm up in Frederick, Maryland, at Maryland Doom Fest. Ben's Lives a sponsor of Maryland Doom Fest. There's another sponsor there, Black Doomba Records. I'm talking to the fellow sponsors, and we're chit-chatting, and Black Doomba guy says, uh, yeah, well, my band this, my band that. And I'm like, well, uh, which one, you know, what what band are you in? He goes, well, which one? I'm in a couple, several. And I said, like, well, I don't know. Tell them all of them. So he starts talking, and then he, he says, Hallow's Eve. And then this light goes off in my head. You know, I'm like, wait just a minute. <laughs> And I know the guy's name, and I'm like, well, your name's Tommy. You're not Tommy Stewart, are you? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, man, have I got a story for you? Yeah. So I, I ask him, I say, well, do you remember about 30 whatever, 32 years ago, you know, playing at a church basement <laughs> with some young kids that set this show up in Bel Air, Maryland? And he's like, he's got this like killer photographic memory for rock and roll. Yeah. So he's like yeah yeah i remember i'm like i'm that kid <laughs> like, that's me <laughs> he's like wow really And we start talking and then we start like doing you know f- connection like six degrees of separation or whatever you know and it's just like wow okay this that and everything connects so it's like mm-hmm. small world at the time like well tommy lives in in georgia now so you got this you got this guy that owns a record company and is in a, a Tommy <coughs> Tommy Dire Direwolf. That's that's the band he's currently uh, in. Owns um, Black Doomba Records. He's a, uh, a fellow sponsor of Maryland Doomfest. So we're in Frederick, Maryland, talking about a show that happened in Bel Air, Maryland, like 33 years prior. Yeah. And it's just like we just picked up like they was there was no tomorrow. Yeah. And, like, it was really, like, super bizarre because he's like— yeah, I met my wife that night. Wow! <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> it
0: sounds like a timeless whirlwind it's, of events.
3: Yeah, it's <laughs> like, yeah, like what? Yeah, I met my wife that not not the wife that I that I, it was this, the wife that I'm with now. And I'm like, dude, he she goes, wait till I wait till I get back to the hotel or tell her this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is cool.
0: So, yeah. how about the radio part? Did you ever have an interest in radio or doing like broadcast when you were younger that led you into eventually doing Ben yeah. Zoddy Live?
3: Yes. Um, I actually have a, a, a bachelor's science degree in, in communications. Okay. Um, and the degree's done me well throughout my life as far as like getting jobs because some jobs, you know, it helps to have a degree. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it's in, horticulture. Cool. You got a degree. Uh, Aerospace, yep, that's all right, you know, whatever. So mine was in communication. So I learned a lot there. Um, Didn't really do anything communication-related other than, I mean, everybody communicates every day. Um, So it did help me there. But, no, I, I always wanted to do radio, and I've had, like, friends throughout time say, man, you should have your own show, you should have your own show, you know, like, D. Snyder years ago started, you know, House of Hair and, mm. and you know, all kinds of stuff like that. You know, yeah. it's like, man, you should have a show. I'm like, well, yeah. hey, I totally agree. I don't know how to go about <laughs> this. And then, you know, the Internet happened and it started to become a, a possibility. And then a buddy of mine, uh, a, a comedian from this area, uh, goes by the Thunder Walrus, uh, Tim Yarsh is his name, but... Um, he and I started really talking, and he was, like, really ta- I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this radio show. I'm going to start this radio show. And I was like, man, Tim, that sounds awesome. Like, I encourage you completely. <laughs> do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. And he did. This is, like, 2011, 2012. We're talking. We're really talking heavy in 2012. Well, Thunder Walver starts his show, and he starts it on Strip Club Choppers Radio. And Strip Club Choppers, um, they're— nationally you not a, not the radio but Strip club choppers are like nationally syndicated like motorcycle stuff you know okay. um, and and you can like get in and get a franchise in various states or whatever hmm. so they decide to branch out into the communications and do a radio thing so Tim ties up with them and then he's he's after me he's like man look I need you to come and do like a weekly segment just just do a weekly segment hmm. I'm like okay okay and I I don't know what my issue was, but it took me a long time to actually do it. Okay. Um, and then, uh, I got into a little bit of trouble with the state, and we had some issues, me and the state. Um, and then when my issues resolved themselves, and I became steadily available, uh, I came over to Tim's. Uh, my wife and I, Mitchie, uh, went over to, to Tim's studio um, at his house, which thankfully was not far from my house. I mean, it was like, five miles away we went over there the day before Halloween uh, 2013 and uh, shot a pilot if you will of Benzati Live okay and I was addicted <laughs> and I was like dude I love this like I, I'm loving this like the feeling was very similar to being on stage right. very similar yeah and um, I mean there was the interaction there was live chat with the audience not like voice chat, but like type, type chat. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Tim's, Tim's handling the board. Like he actually had a board and stuff and he's, he's, we're, he's a kind of like leading me a little bit, but I'm just like basically running with it mm-hmm. and, and just loving it. And so um, we set Benzati love uh, Benzati live up on my laptop that night. And then the very next night I did it at my house. And then the next night, and the next night, and, the ne- <laughs> and then I came back to him. Uh, I think it was a Wednesday. I came back to his studio the following Wednesday to like report back and and you know see how it was. And at that point, man, it was just like I was doing the thing uh, six nights a week every week. So we were just racking up numbers. You know, it's right. it was just just racking them, and I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. Um. Two weeks into Benzati Live, you're going to love this one. Two weeks into the thing, I go to this, this concert. Now, it, it was uh, created by A.J. Perry from Twisted Sister. Uh, unfortunately, for some weird reason, he didn't make it down from New York for this event. But it was he was definitely involved in it. But these other dudes were involved in it, too. And I, and I went there, and uh, it was like a two-day or three-day. Hell, it might have even have been three-day. Anyway... Several-day event, uh, and I went, and I think it was the Saturday evening. In one night, I interviewed the singer for Exodus, the singer for Raven, and the singer for Metal Church. Nice. Now, they weren't acting in those, you know, capacity. Well, the singer for Raven was. The singer for Exodus at the time was singing for Generation Kill, which is another awesome thrash band. And Ronnie Monroe from Metal Church was there playing solo as Ronnie Monroe. Okay. Um, he had the Ghost of War band from Maryland backing him up and they they performed, you know, hit his set. But still, nonetheless, my original statement's true. I still I'm like, I'm like, are you serious? Like this is what <laughs> this is what rock and roll radio is? Yeah. Like like Exodus Raven and Metal Church in one night. Like, what? <laughs> and I'm not in some festival in England, you know, like I'm I'm in White Marsh, Maryland. <laughs> yeah. You know, at a at a bar that I go to and drink beer. So this is really, really cool. Um so yeah, that's that's how that's how Benzati Live got its hatch. And you
0: crossed over a thousand episodes recently, right?
3: Recently, yes. Uh Rush Day, uh December twenty-first, yeah, okay. 21 twenty one twelve. 211221 21.
0: Did you maintain that 6-day no. schedule?
3: I did for the first I don't know how many hundred. Easily the first 300.
4: Okay.
3: Uh so we were on we were on Strip Club Choppers radio at the time for those first 300. And then that folded and I went to <laughs> I went to record an episode and poof, they were all gone. Mm. They were they were gone like it, it was one of those uh, not not a well, yeah, kind of like a pay-to-play. I mean, you can't just do stuff for nothing, you know. Uh, and apparently, it wasn't renewed. So, ah. yeah. So at that point, it it might even I can't recall. It might even been like the 300. It was right around that time. Right. So at that point, then I decided, well, I was going to sink or swim. I wasn't going to tie up with somebody else. Uh, I mean, super thankful to Thunderwall or super thankful to Strip up Joppers. But it was like, all right, I'm going to do Benzati live, and you know it's going to be me. So if I fail, I fail. I'm not yeah, riding yeah. it, you know. And if and if they steal my episode, well, not really steal, but if I don't, you know, keep paying <laughs> for the storage or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for the first bunch of hundred episodes, nah, I was keeping five, six days a week, and then eventually, work. Cha- what happened was my work schedule changed. Ah, uh, it's so, uh, yeah. That, that was my, my work schedule first enabled me. I was working day shift, so I was I mean, it was perfect. Yeah, it was just awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, let's talk about goals for a little bit. Um, okay. Y- you got into all of this, and I guess this could apply to the the music aspect back in the day, or even the radio aspect now. Have you like had a, a huge? Um, Maybe unrealistic musical goal or radio goal for your yourself.
3: No, I, no, I don't think I. I don't think I've had a huge or unrealistic. I haven't really said anything. Like I had my sights set on a thousand episodes. First, I had my sights set on the five hundred episodes, and I, and I hit that one. And imagine that I got a story for that one too. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so I hit that one, and then, and then I guess my goals in my head were I'm going to hit a thousand. I want to hit a thousand, but I kept hitting milestones of you know six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred. Right. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I started once I hit five hundred. I started. To, I don't want to say get impressed, but sort of like, okay, you're you're for real now. You like you're yeah. doing it. You know, because it's kind of like all right, well, you know. If you do do an episode once a month, you'll never hit 500. Like, that's impossible. Nobody lives that long. If you do an episode, you know, once a week, all right, in 10 years you can hit 500. It can happen. But you got to give 10 years of your life to hit 500, Mm -hmm. and you got to hit once a week, you know, and it's kind of hard to. You know, you start thinking in terms of, like, you know, Cal Ripken Jr. and the Iron Man, like, you know, how, why that record's so difficult to achieve because, you know, people have sick days. You know, right. what if, what if you're, work, what if you're doing it every Thursday and then your work schedule happens and now you can't do it on Thursday? Mm-hmm. You've done messed yourself up or, or you're sick. You know, I mean, things, things happen. So I did start thinking about that and I'm like, all right, well, a thousand is not impossible. Like 500 was, I don't want to say easy, but but it was achievable and it was achieved, so we could do with that. Like right now, I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm secretly thinking 2000. Maybe
0: it sounds like you've broken the ceiling, so it's kind of hard to even <laughs> conceive of unattainable goals at this point.
3: Yeah, I mean, like like I think my next one is a thousand twenty. I think I think we did a thousand nineteen fr- Friday night. Yeah, I think we did thousand nineteen Friday night. So. Yeah, tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night, I've got uh, Book of Worms from Richmond, Virginia, calling in. So this has been a really nice weekend for rock and roll for me. Um, <laughs> did did uh, Friday night? Did, uh, well, let me think. Now was that one? One of the, one of the days this week, we did uh, an episode where uh, D Calhoun uh, from Iron Man Iron Man Band mm-hmm. uh, called in. Uh, of course now he's, he's front and spiral grave. Um, but, um, well, he called in to talk about the, the fourth anniversary of the tribute, uh, to Al- Alfred Morris, who unfortunately died four years ago. And that the, the other night was for, I think it was the 18th, but I'm not a thousand percent sure that's true. Um, uh, but yeah, so, so last night, what's today? Say Sunday. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay, now I, th- I knew. I was thinking on the <laughs> way in here. I was like, what did I do sat Friday that was so monumental? I didn't do anything monumental Friday. I, I did episode 1019 Friday. Yay, yeah, that's great, but it wasn't like, you know, nothing super duper great. Last night, um, I was up in Frederick, Maryland, MCing the record release party for Strange Highways, uh, a phenomenal band out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, that are unsigned currently. So if you out there uh, have a record label, you need to get on that because I'm seriously thinking about starting my own record label uh, just to sign Strange Highways because I want to make a million bucks, and I think this band's <laughs> got a really good chance of, of being a success. Uh, and you know, if you that already have one uh, want to pick that up, You know, give me a small, give me an executive producer credit on the album, and we'll call it a deal. (laughs) Uh, Otherwise, I'm in, man. I might do it, you know, Uh, and start start my own thing and and release this thing. So that was last night, and then tonight I'm here uh, with you, Ed, and then tomorrow I've got Book of Worms uh, from Virginia calling into my show. So awesome! It's a cool rock and roll weekend. Yeah, yeah. What about
0: short term goals? Do you have? Uh, Anything right now that you're looking on to improve the radio show with, or uh, maybe you're working on some music in the background still? Good question.
3: Um, Yeah, I got a couple irons in the fire. Um, I record a little tiny bit of background vocals on D. Calhoun's next album, uh, his fourth album uh, that's coming out on Argonata Records. I'm not sure when it's recorded. It's mixed. It's in Argonauta Records hands, uh, so I will be appearing on that. Um, I'll be coming down uh, to Orion Studios next week uh, to record a little bit of background vocals for Burt Hall from Mangog's solo record. Awesome. Um, at some point going to record with Edmund Allen Brown uh, who's been in a ton of bands. He's currently in The Crow's Eye. Going to record a song with him. We know exactly what song we're doing. Um, It's an original tune. Uh, It's going to (laughs) be he wants to call it Benzati and the Southern Gentleman. Uh, (laughs) Hey man, I'm open for that. It's it's not going to be a Crow's Eye song. It's not going to be on a Crow's Eye album, But yeah, but that one I'm not going to be doing background vocal. That's going to be like me doing my my vocals. Um, so, yeah, I, I am looking I, I'm looking to dabble. Um, for years now, Wino and I have been talking about doing a song together uh, that has yet to come to fruition, uh, but they, we've been talking about that, and, you know, he, he collaborates with a ton of people. Uh, so hopefully that iron's still in the fire. It's still on my <laughs> end. Uh, Wino, if you're listening, yeah, I hope it's still on your end. Uh, yeah, I'd love to do that.
0: Yeah, hook up oh. with Benzotti. Yeah. Let's, let's get it going.
3: Yeah, yeah. If you if you're in the Maryland area and want a uh, background vocal guy, uh that's, you know, somewhat metal related, uh, hit me up. Cause I'm I'm not shy, man. I I, I like I like the idea of being on recordings. Uh nice. You know, it's musical recordings. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean it's cool <laughs> being on, on the radio. Like I'm I'm stoked. Like I'm I'm fanboying hard sitting on this end of the mic, you know, like this is cool. Oh, I'm glad Uh, you're enjoying it. You know, a a thousand times on your side, you know, it's cool. I still do it night after night, but it's it's really neat to be on this side. Yeah,
0: cool. Um, has there ever been a moment in your career so far where you felt you reached uh, a huge personal milestone in the things that you do?
3: I've had a couple, really. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a couple really interesting things happen over the years. Um, one, well, jeez, man, uh, you might have been sorry you asked that. <laughs> but you did say we got as long as we yeah, want. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I actually, I've, I've got quite a few, like, really cool things that have happened. Um, one that was terrible, but nonetheless occurred. Uh, as a youth, uh, I was beaten up on stage uh, in D.C., uh, by Slayer and their road crew. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish that would have happened now. Man, I wish I was a kid now because yeah. I could, you know, now everybody's so happy at the time. I was just like, well, that really sucks. Yeah. You know, there was way too many of you and only one of me, and, you know, that just sucks. Uh, you guys should feel bad for that. Um, hmm. Yeah. That's a milestone? Well, I mean, it's a thing. I mean, I don't know how many people can say that, you know? That, I, that is true. You know, like, you know, and for for Some people carve
0: Slayer into their forearms right. after that.
3: No, I'm not going to do that. You know what I did after that? I I, I boycotted them for 10 years. Like yeah. Like, I was pissed off at them. I'm like, dude, man. Understandably. Was, you know, I was 16, man. Why'd you have to do that? And why'd you have to, like, you know, you know whatever you hell you call it that, we're, we're multi-people, you know? Oh, like,
4: uh, yeah, like, put you know? the boots to you.
3: Yeah, literally. Like I, went, yeah, like, I went to high school the next day with two black eyes, you know? I was like, man, yeah, what the hell happened to you? I went to the Slayer concert last night. You know, I mean, yeah, there's more to it, you know? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there was that. However, earlier in that evening, I met a reporter for the Washington Post. It was at the Warner Theater in D.C., and there was probably 3,000 people there but I just have like a certain luck knack thing. So uh, the friend that I was with actually met the reporter and said, you got to talk to my friend. Yeah. And she, we crossed paths, this was before cell phones and all, but we crossed paths again. She's like, "Ah, oh, you got to meet this lady. And we hooked up and we, I talked to, to, the, to the reporter and uh, she ended up coming out to my house uh, in, in Maryland and, and talking to me. And then this was, well, the concert was in December of 86 and then in June of 87. So like seven months later, (laughs) seven months later, uh, I'm down in ocean city, Maryland. It's senior week. Mm -hmm. And I, I called home, Hey, mom and dad, I'm still alive. You know, I'm drinking beer and having fun. It's great. They said, we. uh. Jane from the Washington Post called your your article's coming out this week. What day? Oh, it's coming out Wednesday. So I'm down in Ocean City and I'm searching for a Washington Post newspaper and I find one and then I buy up a bunch of them when I'm down there. So keep in mind, now I'm a senior in Ocean City and I got my picture on the front page of the, of the style <laughs> section or whatever it was of Washington Post. So I became a huge success. Nice. <laughs> you know, on senior week. So that happened, and that was a humongous article. I mean, it was like the was front page with photos, and then it flipped, and it was like a full gatefold inside. I mean, she like really, I don't know how many words it was, but it, wow. for, and it, was all, it wasn't about me, but I was prominently featured in that article. Right. Um, and then as a result of that, and it took me 10, 15 years to find this, as a result of that, right after that, Apparently, I was persecuted very hard by some uh, some church, like really hard. Huh. Yeah, and they were like they were, like, singling me out, and like I'm in the same sentence with Slayer and Ozzy Osbourne and Alice Cooper, and me. You're the poster child of the of, of the demonic of, music. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I knew nothing about it. I knew absolutely nothing about it, and I can't even for the life of me remember how I found out about it. I think I started Googling and trying to research this Washington Post article, Mm. and that opened up a wormhole when I found this thing. And I'm like, (laughs) what? I mean, it went on. Like, I mean, this, whatever this church was, and I contacted them. Like, I was like, hey, you know, I'm that miner that you like attacked and called the Antichrist and all this stuff, you know? I'm like, do you still feel that way or like do you want to talk about it? <laughs> like, mean, mm-hmm. like we could air out our problems, you know? Like, you know, I'll talk to your congregation via the internet, <laughs> you know, whatever. So that happened, which was another like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's all off of this one this one Slayer concert. Um I, booking shows as as a kid, that was like kind of a cool milestone. Uh let me think. Meeting Rob Halford was a, was a milestone. That was cool. Um, <laughs> meeting meeting the in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Me and my friend, uh, who at the time, me and him were were like concert buddies. We were going to like I don't know, man, three four concerts a week that time, and we would go to like anything you know and everything. And we were not not afraid to travel. So okay. we're up in Philly uh, for the. Um, operation rock and roll concert, which was co-headlined by Alice Cooper and Judas priest metal church, motorhead were on it and dangerous toys. Well, at the time, uh, and I'm still friends with, but at the time I was friends with dangerous toys, uh, cause I was pen pals with their singer, Jason McMaster from way back in the day in the eighties, uh, when he was singing for watchtower. Um, so I got these passes to get on, um, this operation, rock and roll deal. It's like, okay, where's your closest town? Well, Philly's close, DC's close. You're not coming to Baltimore, so we went to both. So Jason and I go in, not Jason McMaster, but Jason Smith and I. Uh, we get we get backstage passes and we, and we get in, and we're wandering around the hallway, and we see all these people lined up, and, and like, something's going on, something's going on, and like we're kind of like professional like music scammers, I guess you know, <laughs> wedding crashers almost, yeah. you know. So we're both like young and got nuts of steel we're like yeah hey, man just jump in here you know we got we got laminate so we get in there we're saying so it's electric factory that the big promoter up in uh up in philly is holding the holding the thing and then i realizing i mean we're, we're we're in the wrong room but i start smoozing you know i see the lady with the clipboard and i start talking you know hey um at the time i think i was writing for a, a fancy called gray matter out of uh uh somewhere in texas dallas texas houston texas austin texas some some damn texas austin i think um so i was writing for this fanzine so i start telling her this and i'm like i'm supposed to be on that list and you know can you just pencil me in you know and she's like i'm like rattling off some good good stuff so she's like yeah yeah." writes me in i'm like okay cool so it's my buddy you know yeah so we get in and we go downstairs and we're, like, go through all, all this stuff. So finally we get to this one thing, and, and then they start checking laminates. Mm-hmm. Now, our laminate had a, uh, I think ours was triangle, and they're looking for, like, this rectangle. And it's like, hardcore dude down there is like, if you don't have the rectangle pass in the purple color, you're getting thrown out. And I'm like, oh, shit, man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't tell. I, I'm good, but I can't turn this triangle into a rectangle. You know, I can't do it. So we duck in this room like, literally, I don't know what to do. Like, we could duck in this room, hide, and then, you know, eventually, we know which way we came. We'll go back up and escape, right? So, we go in this room. What is it? It's the family room. (laughs) And Alice Cooper's band's in there. (laughs) Vinnie Moore's playing guitar for him at the time, and I I think Eric Singer was drumming, but I wouldn't swear to that. But there's, like, you know, like, somebody's uncle's in there, and somebody, you know, and, and, and the bass player's like, hey, can you hold this for a minute? So, I'm Sure. I'm like holding the baseball. And I'm like drinking free Heineken. So I'm just hanging out, talking to the family, talking to the band. And, and they said, now Alice Cooper's not in there. Cause Alice Cooper's down the room doing the meet and greet with ah, the people right. that are supposed to be there. But you know, we are where we are. So it's actually kind of cooler. Yeah. <laughs> now we end up meeting Alice Cooper two days or three days later down in DC. Mm. <laughs> but at the time, you know, so later that same, night, as if our scamming wasn't quite sufficient, we decided to keep it going. So, we end up back in the Judas Priest Room at the end of the night.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Same basic thing, except this actual the Judas Priest Room. And so, there was that. Um, one of really, like, super cool things, and really... Ozzy Osbourne, Ozzy himself, followed Benzati Live on... Uh, inst- no, not Instagram. Twitter. Nice. For 72 hours.
0: <laughs> well, I mean...
3: But it was like 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 I got this notification right, and I and I you know I got it on my thing, and I, I check it. And this is Ozzy Osbourne. I'm like, okay, cool. Somebody named Ozzy Osbourne. So then I click on it, I look, and I'm like, holy shit! It, yes, it is Ozzy Osbourne. Follows 78 people. Followed four million people. I'm like, dude, that's Ozzy account. Like, it's really Ozzy. Yeah. I don't know why Ozzy's following Ben Zadi live. So I'm like posting stuff to, to his Twitter. Like, not a tremendous amount pray and you're like, please, like, like retweet the link, man, you know, yeah, please yeah, retweet yeah. the link. He didn't. And then within 72 hours, whoever, you know, woke up and said, man, no, you're not one of our 78 people we're following. So, you know, <laughs> so that happened. Um, oh, all right. I'm still, I'm still on that, still answering that question. Uh, I alluded to the 500th episode of the show. For the 500th episode, the band Spirit Caravan uh, came to my studio to to help celebrate, and uh, they brought their acoustic guitars, uh, and they were they were gonna, um, you know, help celebrate. So about three songs into it, Wino takes over to Mike, and he pulls out this piece of paper, and it says Wino, commun- Wino's communique. And I'm like, hmm. So he starts reading. On air, on the 500th episode of Benzati Live, The Obsessed is reborn.
4: Hmm.
3: Yeah. (laughs) He announces in there, you know, Spirit Caravan is no longer and We are now The Obsessed. Brian Costantino, Dave Sherman, and myself are now The Obsessed. We're carrying on with that. Spirit Caravan no longer exists. We might play some Spirit Caravan songs, but The Obsessed is born. Wow. Maryland Doomfest had already booked Spirit Caravan to headline Maryland Doomfest that year. So at that point, right there, you know, we just made music history. A, the Obsessed just reunited (laughs) on air. And B, we just switched headliners on air. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, like Maryland Doomfest found out, well, hey, we got the obsessed headlining now at the same exact time that I found out that they're doing it. But it was like really cool. And I'm, I'm really thankful for the band. Like, Wine has always been really cool to the show. Um, he's, he's been on the show twi- twice now. Uh, and that, you know, both times were really, really cool. Um, first time I got hanging on my wall, we were eating pizza. And he like drew the cover for the Obsessed album on a paper plate and like titled it on a paper plate that now hangs on my wall. But this was while they were still. <laughs> Spirit Caravan, like there was no talk of the obsessed. Yeah, yeah. Now it, didn't, it doesn't say the obsessed up there, but it says sacred on there, and it's you know I'm like, hmm, like that happened the first time, and then they become the obsessed on the second time. Uh, so yeah, that's nice. that's that's probably I might think of more, but they're they're like some highlights of cool stuff that have happened.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> a lot of stuff there
3: yeah in the process it's it's been yeah it's been interesting <laughs> it's been a good ride
0: So when it comes to um, you creating the radio uh, broadcast now and any vocals and music stuff that you do these days uh-huh. um, are there things that you stay away from um, whether it be like genres or tropes, or, you know, do you, uh, you're not a political guy, you're not a religious guy necessarily. Anything that you just uh, don't want to touch?
3: No. Um, it's funny because I, I they're two separate. <laughs> I, can't, I, I have the ability to compartmentalize. So there's a Dave Benzati and there's a Benzati Live. Benzati Live is like 100% music. Mm-hmm. Dave Benzati definitely has opinions and I have political opinions Mm -hmm. and I'm usually not shy about my political opinions. Now I will express them. Uh, and when I do, they get a lot of feedback. I get way more feedback on the political stuff than I do on the music stuff. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, damn, man, I got all this killer metal stuff going on and like, more than a handful, but several handfuls of people go for it. I say a couple, not even controversial things, I say a couple vague things that enable you to open your mind and say, well, okay, I think he's talking about this. Let me comment. Mm-hmm. And like six or 700 comments later. Outrage machine just starts turning. Yeah, it's like, man, people. Com- so there, there is a part of me, and I've been kicking this around a lot, Um, that wants to start another radio show. And you might be getting the exclusive right here, right now. (laughs) This might be your— You heard it here first. You heard it here first, yeah, because I I haven't said anything on my show at all. But there is a part of me that wants to create a separate show that has nothing to do with Benzati Live that just talks about things that enables me to talk and enables me to talk to other people. Right. And that would be anything. I, I don't care, man. I will talk about anything, you know, political subjects interest me. I, I mm-hmm. think that they, they, the establishment kind of want us to not be interested that we're trained to think it's boring and it doesn't impact us. And, you know, you have, your vote doesn't count and this, that, and the other. And I don't believe that at all. I think that everybody, personally, I think everybody in the United States should vote. Mm -hmm. Everybody. I don't want to say I I think it should be mandatory, but I think it's disgusting that we have this right. And there are other countries in the world where people struggle, you know, where it's life and death Mm -hmm. to vote. And people will take that risk. And some people will die in an attempt to vote. And we have this right. It's just handed to us. You know, hey, you can vote. It's your right as an American. You're over 18 years old, you're not a convicted felon. Uh, you know you can vote, and we as a country just are like, eh, yeah, eh, maybe. Uh, that, that's disgusting to me. General
0: you know? apathy at, at the time that it matters, but a lot of uh, hot air online. Yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that that yeah that that gets me going because it's like you know, you know, well you want to comment on something, but did you listen to it? No. What do you comment about? Like, what did he say? Whoever he is or she is, you know, you're just you're ranting, and raving. She said this, or he said this. You don't even know. You didn't listen. Well, I mean, no, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, like, no, you can't. Where? How? But I let on my page. It's funny. Like, if you go on my page and look at some of my political stuff, it's funny because I will let anybody on. I'm not. I will not delete you. I will not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not thin-skinned. You cannot see through my, you know. I'm not translucent. I get called all kinds of weird names. I don't care. Man, Mm -hmm. you can. I literally say anything you want. Just stick by your beliefs. That's all I ask. You know, if you say it, just you know, everything I say, I mean. You know, like I, and I don't really think I believe in anything crazy. You know, I just, I just mean everything I say. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm definitely not.
0: Interesting. Somebody's huh? having fun over here, I guess.
3: Ah, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I, yeah, so the, I'm really considering doing that, and, and maybe that will, like, take off and, and get a lot of listens, and then maybe a few small percentage of them like rock and roll, and we'll come to Benzati Live. Yeah, Because yeah. my passion is really rock and roll and heavy metal. Uh, but it's just it's hard to you know you got to scrape and crawl for each list, especially the way the algorithms are nowadays. Yeah. yeah. God, it used to be easier. Man,
0: what about I mean. the uh, the genres and stuff? Do you uh, do you shy away from uh, bring the noise or like the you know Limp biscuit or or things that are fringe metal or maybe like the Nazi black metal stuff and. Um, all that?
3: I mean, as a general rule, I play what I like as a general rule. Right. Um, so, so yes, I guess um, it's funny. Yes, I do shy away from the, uh, the, not necessarily the song Bring the Noise. I've played that one over the thousand a few times. Was I crazy about when Anthrax and Public Enemy did it? Now I, no, I wasn't crazy about. It. I liked Public Enemy's version. It's not that the Anthrax and Public Enemy's version was bad. I just I wasn't crazy about it, yeah, yeah. and I didn't like as a result that happened. I didn't like the Limp Biscuits. I don't like the Lincoln Parks, the PODs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Corn. Like, it's just not my thing. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just not my thing. Right. Every now and again, I'll play a chord song just to fool people. Because I'll, I'll do stuff on my show all the time where I'll, like, switch gears. Like, sometimes I'll say, you know, I hope you all are playing. What in the hell is you he going to play next? Because, you know, I'm kind of off my meds a little bit, and I'm gonna, just going to play whatever. Mm-hmm. So I might go from, like, Beastie Boys to Metallica to Agnostic Front to Whitey Morgan in the 78s. You know, and it just it works on my show. Yeah. yeah. Like old paper, it looks stupid. And when I first started the show, everybody's, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Can't. Everything they said I couldn't do, I've done, and it's worked. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't I don't own any of like 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 Nazi metal, so I don't play any. Um right, right. and I, I don't, wouldn't necessarily like seek it out. Like it's not it doesn't tie into like my my th- it, like maybe musically they might be cool, but lyrically I'm not I- I'm not into that. Yeah. So yeah. You, know. yeah, you must I like will just play,
0: play what you want to play. Yeah. And from from what I've seen, the playlists really revolve around a, a metal lover's collection of metal. Like uh, a yeah. lot of a good mix of classics. Sometimes you get uh, like two locals up in the up in the yeah. mix and whatnot.
3: Yeah. I, I, you're never gonna accuse me of being like cutting edge. You know. Right. I never do uh, best of end of the year. I never do that. I, that's not my thing. There's people that do that so much better than I do, mm-hmm. um, so I'm not. I don't. I have a very limited budget, <laughs> right? So it, it, the radio station is self funded, so um, unless I buy it, I usually don't have it, uh, and I don't really have a whole lot of discretionary income. Occasionally, a record company will share stuff. Occasionally, a band will share stuff. I'm also not like into the whole begging thing. Like I'm not. I don't. I don't solicit bands. And so- mm. I mean, occasionally I might hit a band up and say, hey can you send me a song or two on mp3 because i want to play it but you know i don't have any right now Mm, okay you know and i I don't i mean any band that's smart truthfully would send me stuff which is not saying christ i hope like a billion bands (laughs) will send me stuff because i'm really i like sort of the way it is too Yeah, yeah. because i've never i don't do reviews right i don't do the year-end lists a lot of times, I don't even know who's on the year list. I'm, I'm not current. Like 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 all the bands that I do like, I really don't have very many of their right now albums because I'm also one of those ones that like physical copies.
0: It's kind of so, like an extension of of you and what you want to listen to on a given day. Yeah, what it sounds like. Yeah, but kind of like uh, when you go into a bar and a guy brings in the uh, the case of his twelve vinyls to set up for the for yeah. the night, and that's what he's spinning. You know? Yeah.
3: Yeah yeah and i try you know i try to not be just i mean you could sort of tell my age from <laughs> from what i play you could mm-hmm. sort of, you know at least the the 10 year 15 year gap you know cuz there's a, there's a lot of stuff that people in their like 20s and 30s that are into that i just don't know about right you know like i'm not super big like i i don't know a whole lot of Deftones. tones i don't know a whole lot of mm. uh I don't know who else do I know? Slipknot Mudvayne I just like it's just that wasn't they they're a little bit younger than me right like I play some of that I know some of that but it's not
0: new wave of American heavy metal sort of thing yeah
3: yeah right. like and so now like I get I get bands that are current but not super current. like I'm not actively searching out and and people aren't actively. They're not looking for like the latest sound.
0: Yeah, you're not the breaking. I'm definitely animal. not the
3: breaking guy. <laughs> now. no. Once every blue moon, I break something. Right. Uh once every blue moon. I'm hoping that that I'm part of uh Strange Highways breaking. I'm hoping like I'm trying. Mangog, I play them. I, you know, if, if I'm aware, if I'm smart enough to get in at the ground floor, then I do it. I'm I'm not like anti that. Right, you right. Know? If if yeah, if I can catch somebody's debut show, great. If I catch somebody's debut album, that's you know awesome. Right. If you want to do a world premiere with me and you you contact me and want to do it, yeah yeah most definitely I'll do it. Absolutely, I've done several. But uh, as a general listener, no, you're not tuning in. You know <laughs> tomorrow night to hear what's new. Yeah. Now, gosh. man, there, there's so many other people that do that so much better.
0: Um, let's talk about the weird term success, <laughs> and okay. uh, how do you? Gauge success for yourself and do you feel successful within that uh, framework?
3: Uh, are we talking in like personally or or in relation to the music to the show? I'd say in relation to
0: the to the show and what you're doing, what you're putting out there. Okay.
3: Um, I guess success to me is if if I still enjoy it and other people still enjoy it, uh, and there are listeners that are still tuning in. I guess I don't know if I've ever been relevant. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, like I do we
0: ever know? Right. Yeah. Like
3: I, I, I don't, I don't have like these huge pretensions of myself. Like sometimes people will, will say things to me that kind of make me blush. You know, like it, I don't feel that, you know, right. like, you know, I appreciate it and I, and they mean it in a really nice, positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel that. Like I'm, I'm not that. Like I'm not the the Godfather of Doom or the uh, what you know. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I or or the uh, whatever. The, I've been called the Ambassador of Metal. Okay, I like that one. That's cool. Like I could be a Ambassador of Metal, not the Ambassador of Metal. Yeah. Like like I welcome that. You know, that's cool. Um, one of my friends has referred to me. There's a there's a guy that I like super duper admire. A guy from Maryland named Ray Dorsey. Um, that's just like he's like a super duper metalhead man, and just music fan, not just metal hard rock. Um, and he he was putting out fanzines when I was a kid. Uh, he was he was when I met him, uh, he was working in a record store, and I would go and buy records from him, and buy his fanzine, and I ended up writing for his fanzine. And I just like he turned me on to so many bands, it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. But I and I follow him on like social media and I read, but he, the dude has forgotten more about music than I know. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, just flat out. So, yeah. so when my friend called me, well, you're the Ray Dorsey of metal, I'm like, please stop blaspheming, please stop <laughs> doing that. Like, that is just not anywhere close to the truth, right? Like, I know you mean it in a way, but no, like no Ray is just like the, I mean there's people that are just like like musicians or fans fans mm-hmm. like like sometimes I call them super fans and the world needs super fans and I encourage one of my ideas uh, and it's not my idea but I adopted it from a super fan a guy named Mujib Basha mm-hmm. um, who I, I met through the internet I knew through the internet and I was at a show I was at a Manila road show in Essex Maryland and this guy says you're Dave Benzati," and I said <laughs> well yes I am and he's like well I'm, I'm Uji Basha and I'm like oh cool you know we we talked online and I'm like oh man so we that was the first time we actually met in person mm-hmm. but he like lived in Chicago and worked in DC and Went to concerts everywhere and I'm meeting him in a concert in Essex. Yeah. So it's like, like I don't hold a candle to this dude as far as, you know, like stuff. And once you start talking to him, like he's one of these guys that like really knows all kinds of stuff, gets involved in every kind of metal, um, will buy stuff, you know, support music, you know. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Support local music no matter where you live. Mm-hmm. You know, if you live in Albuquerque, support local music, you know, Tampa, Florida, support local music, everybody. Bangladesh, man. Support local music, and mm-hmm. if you can't support local music, support local arts. You know, like I will go to my niece's like ballet recital. I'll go to uh, you know art exhibits. Support arts. You yeah. know, support art education. Support music education. Like that. Like you know, I start getting into the, you know hug a tree. I'm a hippie group. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like like the world needs art appreciation. Yeah. And and the world needs super fans. And and the idea that I I guess adopted off of Mujib was. Everybody could become a super, van, super fan of somebody. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't cost you money to become a super fan. Like people could become a super fan of your podcast. I hope they do. I hope they do too. <laughs> um, and it won't cost them anything. Now, if you decide to buy, you know, swag, like this handy dandy Benzati live shirt, uh, hint, hint, uh, <laughs> you know, then they can support you financially. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, But in the meantime, they could do simple things like like posts, comment on posts, share posts, share social media, hashtag, at sign, you know, whatever. Whatever you can do, you can do for a band. You you can become a fan of a band. And if you have disposable income, you can attend their shows. You can buy their merch. You can buy their merch and give it away. You know, I've done that, you know, like i like stuff so much, you know, I bought two or three copies of this so that I could pass it on,
4: Yeah. you
3: know, it's like, I, I need you to have this and I don't necessarily want you, to, well, I mean, I want you to go buy it, but I don't want to force you to go buy it. So here, right, <laughs> you know, right. yeah, like I have definitely handed out CDs that, you know, that I've gotten for that specific reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, photograph yourself in band t-shirts, I, just simple stuff. Everybody can do something to help, and, and it doesn't require you know financial dedication. It just requires dedication of some degree. You don't have to be a super fan, but, you know, like the things and comment the things. You know, driving the algorithm, it doesn't all have to be bad news on the Internet. You yeah, know, yeah. We, we can have rock and roll and stuff and, and spread good news, too.
0: Yeah. Then we can all be successful.
3: We can all be. Yes, yes. <laughs> sorry. Thanks for reeling me back in with that. Yes, thank you. That's that's. I guess that's where I was originally headed. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, we can definitely in your in what you were saying with uh, you know just having people who you know support us, enjoy us, enjoy the things that we do. You know, just having one person out there who does that means a lot. If you have a super fan, yeah. Ideally, you know, it's it's uh, it helps. Every little bit helps.
3: <laughs> there, there's there's enough there's enough room for success for all of us, you know. For me to succeed doesn't mean you have to fail, mm-hmm. you know. Like now we're in a symbiotic relationship, you know. If you succeed, then I succeed, you know, yeah, and that yeah. and that's awesome. That's awesome, and that in turn helps the overall scene, you know, because the bands that you're talking about, bands that I'm talking about, you know, that's that's it. Kind of it confuses me a little bit. Like I don't understand why bands don't share the link to my show constantly i I don't get that like like help me help you Mm -hmm. like some bands do some bands don't they just don't it's like
0: why you know like it seems like a a, what do they say rising tide lifts all boats you know everybody to uh stop treating it like a competition and more of like a team team initiative yeah trying to get our stuff out there and be uh, learn
3: from Seattle. Yeah, grunge like Seattle, man. I mean, you know, it started and then they cooperated with each other, and then every band out in Seattle was signed. Now, not everybody floated to the top, but everybody had a brief little inkling of you know whatever degree of success. Some of them got tremendous success. Yeah, uh, but that was a, a you know that's I'm blessed to to live where I do. You know, I'm. I'm it took me about 45 minutes to get to to where you are. From where I am, I'm probably an hour and a half from Frederick. So geographically speaking, you know, uh, there are more concerts that I could physically go to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I feel bad for metalheads out in, you know, Idaho and Montana that have to drive three hours or four hours to to attend the show. Uh, You know, there's three or four, and I'm exaggerating, there's three or four that I'm personally interested in, like all the time. Uh, you know, it's like, well, do I feel like driving here? Do I feel like driving there? Do I really desperately want to see this one? You know, what, what's the deal? You know, but, and I like, how lucky am I to, like, I realize how lucky I am. Uh, so that's why I try really hard to support, you know, and and even, I can't, like I I said the other day, there was a show I wanted to go see at Metro gallery Friday night, but I would worked all damn week. And I, I felt so bad Thursday that I took a COVID test. I failed it by the way. So I'm completely cool. Um, (laughs) And I'm boosted, vaccinated, all that bit too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm not spread the spread the plague. Uh, but I just, I'm so damn worn out. But I said on air, I said, well, you know, I, 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 there's no way I could get to a thousand episodes if I'm out doing live rock and roll constantly. Yeah, you know, like like I gotta, there's got to be a little give and take, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, I'm, I'm doing my part. You know, you know. Last night I went to live show. Uh, tomorrow I'll be doing a show from my home. Uh, but it's all all helping to, to spread so where I was going with that was especially up in Maryland Maryland Dune fest I I, I get a, a equate a lot of people see my face and equate me with that festival um I am see that so I'm introducing you know 30 bands a weekend or something so I'm you see me a lot right um so it's like okay there's that guy you know and I always joke with them I'm like yeah I'm easy to spot man I'll be I'll be the fat old white dude uh with the goatee and the black t-shirt. You know, yeah, yeah. Can't <laughs> miss me. Can't miss me. very uh, unique. And look at, it. yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. You know, you've 15 of me out there. Right. Anyway, so. Uh, but people that travel from far away all are extremely complimentary about Maryland. They they, they you know, like we've had it described as a love fest. I mean, it's like a family reunion. The vibe, and, and, and it's. It's my daughter went to a concert in D.C. Now she's, God, God love her. She's like pop music, which is cool, but she's not a metalhead. And that's all right. The apple fell and rolled a little bit. (laughs) But uh, she went to a concert and she was describing the crowd and it was a completely different crowd. The pop crowd that she was describing was not anywhere. like I said to her, I was like, Lex, you might want to switch genres. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you like pop music. I get it, but man, come, come to the, we got cookies, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah. come to the good side. <laughs> like, you know, we like, everybody knows each other. We're all like, you know, we hug, you know, we, we embrace like the, the, the concept, um, you know, you could come to my house, you can hang out with me, we'll feed you. You know, if you come to a Maryland Doomfest, Fest, you're not going to not come back, <laughs> you know, like everybody that says it, you know, we, we, we had a couple that came from Arizona last year. And I mean, before they left, actually like, Well, day two, they're like, we're coming back next year. We're coming back. we've had people travel from Europe to come to Maryland Doomfest. So it's, you know, it's not, we keep seeing, it's awesome because we keep seeing new faces, but we keep seeing repeat faces. And like, in the people are flying in, but, you know, if if it was looking in the parking lot, I mean, there'd be like license plates from all over. Right. You know, New Mexico, California, Florida, up in New England. And I also like this trend that's going on, um, in America, right? It's been happening in, in Europe, but where music festivals, especially heavy music festivals, local heavy music festivals, are popping up and and continuing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's a, that's a great sign. Descendants and Crom in Pittsburgh, uh, New England Stoner and Doomfest up in Connecticut, uh, Gravitoid Music down in Austin, Texas. I mean, they got South by Southwest. They've had that for a long time, but you know, just like local organics. Scenes that are producing repeat mm-hmm. festivals. I, I just found out this week that uh Descendants of Crown Pittsburgh is gonna be doing that's not its official name, it's Descendants of Crom and then I add in Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, but they're gonna have their fourth edition of it uh that in 2022. So that's okay. fantastic news. So awesome. you know. And then Psycho Las Vegas started, and then of course, you know, they they got a lot of like bigger, better financial. Uh, backing there, but still, it's fantastic that it's occurring. You know, yeah. yeah. yeah so great, great thing. Enough, su- enough room for success for all of us.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm optimistic myself.
3: Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I'm, I'm overall. The more I hear the more I interact, I, I am optimistic about the future of heavy music.
0: Right on. What's uh, what would you say is the most difficult part about being a radio Guy in twenty
3: twenty two. Uh, I' trying to expand the audience, maybe. Just trying to get listens, right? Just, just get listens, and as it's not like fighting for ratings or anything. It's just like one of my things. Hashtag spread the metal. Yeah, if you type that in, hashtag spread the metal, you'll be led to Benzati live. and that's really what I want to do. Spread them. That's big reason why I came here to talk to you today. Spread the metal. Yeah. Uh. You know. Let's talk on your show. Let's talk. You know. On my show. Let's. You know. Spread the metal. Mm-hmm. Uh. And just get listens. It was so much easier when I started in 2013 to get listens. I hardly shared the link at all. Mm-hmm. And it was easy to. I mean, hundred listens. Easy. Like no problem. And then they switched the algorithms on so Facebook and, and Twitter and just uh, just everything. Yeah. So it's like people used to be able to see it, and now you know if you share too much, they hit you up, say you're violating community standards. Mm. And it's like, ugh. They want you to pay to get right. out there. Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. They started that boost thing on on Facebook. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, we'll let people hear it, but you got to pay for it. Right. You know. And it's like, it, it's funny because the same one that they'll say you violated community standards and they'll send me a thing saying for $14, you know, you can boost this and 39 other people will see it. And I'm like, dude, I just violated your standards. Right. But you want me to pay you mm-hmm. to violate your standards. You know, now, that's bizarre and weird. So it's just it's just difficult to, to do. So, you know, sometimes I sound like a broken record where I'm asking people on air. I'm not asking for money. I'm asking, please hit the share button.
0: Well, being in a band and also doing a podcast—it's the same thing. It's constantly, you know, please connect with us somehow. Somehow,
3: yeah, yeah. And and, well, you know, I mean, it's just—it's a struggle, and that's, you know, if you're in a band, you need like all members of your band and and like their significant others and like your cousins and your aunts and uncles and friends to do it. Yeah. And and I mean, realistically, people. I mean, seriously, it's so simple. Hit like, hit share, comment. Mm-hmm. comment drives things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, there, there are times where sometimes I want to insert like completely unrelated political nonsense into my music post just so I could generate right. 500 yeah. comments. But I haven't I haven't reduced myself to that yet, but
0: Yeah, I sometimes teeter on the edge of uh, being intentionally obnoxious in one way or another. Yeah. Emojis recently, just trying to put in as many emojis into my posts as yeah. possible just to look like you know a, somebody who just got a smartphone right <laughs> right just, just yeah. to make it look interesting uh, i mean
3: hell it, this guy john from florida who's now known as john from brooklyn uh taught me about hashtags mm-hmm. like i had been doing i, I probably did two or three hundred episodes of ben before he even taught me about hashtags i'm like what huh? you could do that what is this do? and then i saw it, it meteoric yeah. Uh, how many people saw it and how many people liked it and this, that, and the other. And listener numbers jump. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: That's <laughs> um, let's talk about the nature of music as it is currently. Um, you, you were around when Napster became a thing. Yeah. Prior to Napster, you bought music or, you know, it was played on the radio and somebody got paid for that. And... Uh, uh, my generation, I'll <laughs> probably admit, and the people who are younger than me, became very used to getting music for free.
4: Yeah. Um,
0: and it's yeah. changed the dynamic of, of how we all um, get music and, and how, how the consumer views parting with their hard-earned dollars to, to yeah. pay back the musician. So I usually ask everybody, do you believe that songs themselves... Have a monetary value.
3: Well, this is touchy. <laughs> <laughs> I pay to do my podcast. Mm-hmm. So I pay the server or whatever to do that. So if if like if I play a song, put it this way: if I had to play pay to play a song, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Even if I paid. At the rate that Spotify pays, I couldn't do it because I got a thousand episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, so the fifty bucks a month that I pay for the right to do it, you know, like if I had to individually be like, oh, you know, here Mangog, here's your penny, you know, yeah. here Metallica, <laughs> here's your penny, you know, at twenty six pennies, uh, whatever, eventually it would add up, right? Um, Yes, I do believe that music has uh, and songs have a monetary value. I mean, do I do I think that like a Spotify or all these streaming places should do better with revenue sharing? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, are they a necessary evil? Maybe I guess. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, actually, yeah. There's no way that that bands because you see them with, every now and again. You'll see these every every band in the world is posting their Spotify. Statistics or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so and so heard, you know, 1.2 million times, downloaded such and such a time, whatever, you know, whatever the, the, the thing is. All right. Yeah. There's no way that this, you know, somewhat regional band out of the mid Atlantic is going to on their own be heard 1.2 million times. Yeah. Should they receive, you know, $5.32 for that? I, probably not. They should probably get a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I, I I don't believe that like you know that the, these mega company, the Amazons of the world, and the Spotifys and the, the the YouTubes, all these like mega conglomerates should be making all of the money. No, you mm-hmm. know it, it's a it's a form of slavery. Uh, we're not going to have artists if artists can't exist. Uh, I mean, truthfully, uh, you yeah. you know the deal. I mean, you play a show. <laughs> Maybe you get paid maybe you don't get paid mm-hmm. uh, if you do get paid is it enough to split between three people or five people uh if you have a roadie have you ever paid a roadie you know I, it's like pay a sound guy well okay now I gotta dip into my pocket to pay <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a nasty nasty way it is now so mm-hmm. I I'm not a huge fan of it you know and I, I i'm not getting rich off of it i'm not getting any i i'm i call the radio my expensive hobby that's you know, <laughs> right, right yeah you know like i say i buy my own music i i, I pay my way into shows i you know, buy the radio itself every now and again every blue moon i'll get a sponsor every it's not often mm-hmm. i don't do commercials uh, i'm not against doing commercials if anybody out there wants to do a commercial uh you know i'm all for it uh I got a, whatever you call that thing, PayPal, you know, yeah. I, I mean, at one point, you know, I, I get disgusted with it too. And I'm not getting 1.2 million, you know, mm-hmm. in, in listeners, you know, but it's like when I hit 80,000 listens, you know, and I was, cause I used to pay for the show, uh, a year at a time. That's how I did it. And it would come, it'd be like 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I don't have 500 bucks. So sometimes we'd have benefit concerts and sometimes it would go off the air for a while. Until I got five hundred bucks. Nowadays I do it, and it costs me more because there's twelve months, and now it's six hundred bucks. So it costs me fifty bucks. I said, I think I better double check and make sure (laughs) because now it just—I better double check. Uh, I think it costs me fifty bucks a month. It might be more uh, to do, but there's twelve months. Yeah. But you know, it's easier than coming up with a lump sum. Right. Uh, But. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, wish, I wish there was a way to generate some kind of income, f- more for band, for me. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'd like to get a little tiny bit. Mm-hmm. These T-shirts don't print themselves, you know? <laughs> yeah, Stickers don't make themselves, right?
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. So, what is it that you do to? Uh, what are what are your strategies? I mean, or your uh, or, or your daytime job that allows you to fund the the stuff, the passion projects in life.
3: Well, I, I'm I'm lucky I do have a daytime gig. Uh I've always had always had to have a daytime gig. Uh so I, I work in a a big warehouse and, and operate forklifts. Um uh, and I mean forklift operators make a fairly, fairly decent wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's how I can fund uh Benzati Live. Uh occasionally, like I say, occasionally, you know, there are donations i do do create t-shirts now and again mm-hmm. uh and sell them for a a you know mere pits. my wife today i it's, she was like i was giving the band last night grief i was telling them don't give your stuff away you know because they, they yeah. were giving their t-shirts away a little bit and i'm like don't do that stop it. like i'm, <laughs> I'm like giving them like, i feel like grandpa get off my lawn yeah and I was telling my wife that right before I came here and she's like, Well, remember remember that first batch of shirts? I said, Yeah, excuse, how many did you give away? I said, oh. She said, Excuse that's what phase they're in. Like they're you know, <laughs> they're they're growing, they're learning. Yeah, yeah, They're learning that they you know I'm like, I know, but ten bucks I said, same deal. And you were a lot older than them, you know, you were like thirty years older than them when you did it. So you know, or Whatever years old or so, let, let them learn. Yeah, know? like don't be so hard on them. All right, all right. I, just, I, I don't want them to suffer like I did. You know, right. you, you, you pay 500 bucks to get shirts made, then give them all away. Mm-hmm. You know, and it ties into that whole like, oh, exposure. You know, come play at my restaurant, you'll get exposure. Yeah. You know, no, come cook at my house, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. you'll get exp- my family will eat your food. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. perform at my wedding for free. No. Oh, man, you got to – there's got to be some kind of something, you know, some kind of – Right. Yeah. Well, performing services.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Compensation. Time Compensa- is money.
3: Time is money. Time is – yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's no way I, – I couldn't begin to, to make the money that might – out of this, you know. Mm-hmm. The amount of 1,000 episodes worth of, of radio – like I can't put a price tag on that and I'm not even gonna pretend to. Right. You know. But at one point when I was like thinking like, you know, eighty thousand listens and I, I don't even know where we are now, probably closer to ninety. We might even be creeping up on hundred again with the algorithm. Used to be able to see that really easy. Yeah. Now I can hardly figure out what's what. Mm-hmm. Like I everything's so daggone difficult to figure out, you know. It used to be like real cut and dry. Um, but you know, I was doing the math and I'm like, man, for a lousy dime. If everybody pitched a dime, one tenth of one dollar for an episode, I'd have eight thousand bucks. Man, I could run the radio station twenty-four hours a day. I'd have any music I wanted. I'd had cool mics, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I used the same mic for like nine hundred and fifty episodes. And it was just (laughs) I mean, it was a hand me down mic that Thunder Wallers gave me, and it was it was I mean, if you looked at it, you would get it worked. It worked well. But if you looked at, it, I mean, you'd giggle. I mean, I'm looking at yours, and I'm like, man, you know, this is cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this dude did 950 episodes with this thing that looks like a, I don't know, like a bent reed, right? You know? right. Yeah, and, But I had like Wino in stale and playing acoustic, and you know, in the in the studio, which is you know at, in my basement, mm-hmm. uh, you know, using this one mic. Damn, if it didn't sound good. <laughs>
0: hey, there are some pretty good microphone techniques yeah. using one mic out there. Yeah. I was watching some stuff about uh, the Amy Winehouse song Rehab, how they recorded the whole drum kit with one mic placed very precariously. Right. So, um, yeah. speaking of gear, I guess, do you have a favorite piece of gear that you've owned or used no. ever?
3: No. N- not a favorite I'm, gear guy? I'm not a gear guy. I don't even have a mic right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. Ha- I use the laptop mic right now. Oh, okay. Like I had a mic. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not a gearhead. I'm, not, I'm, like I, 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 make fun of myself on air a lot.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not joking. Like I am joking, but everything I'm saying is true. Yeah. Like I'm literally stupid when it comes to this stuff. Like I, you know, <laughs> the people say, oh, you know, great computers. You do a radio show. I'm like, yeah, I know how to do my radio show. Yeah. But as soon as the first thing goes wrong. And I'm, I'm like
2: flopping <laughs> around like a fish out of water. Right. So what happened
3: was I had this mic, and it worked great. And then somehow I hit a button, and I don't know what button I hit. And then I hit another button to try and fix it, and then I hit a button. And then I started to get echoes. I mean, I, I couldn't get out of it. Like I could not. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I had to get my friend to come and like fix the situation. He couldn't figure out how to get the mic back. Huh. So now I have this nice mic. I don't know what brand it is, but it was a nice mic. Still is a nice mic. It mm-hmm. just sits off to the side, and now I just use that. That's a shame. It is a shame. <laughs> it is a shame. But to tell you the truth, I liked I liked the sound of the old mic that I made fun of that I did the first 950, and I liked the uh, the old way I used to use uh, Sam Broadcaster in connection with Spreaker, and now I just use Spreaker. Because okay. I couldn't figure out how to do the Sam broadcaster, and then it was explained. Well, you really don't need it, and it's easy to do. Then I'm like, well, easy, easy in me is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, if it involves any kind of anything, then uh, it's not. Cause I, I'm by myself. I don't have any. Right. There's nobody I can lean on and be like, hey, you know, uh, yeah. nobody's like, here, I got this, I got this. You know, yeah. It's now I screw it up and it's screwed up, and gotcha. then it's screwed up until somebody fixes it. So, yeah, I. I I got nothing for gear. <laughs> like, I understand. I just, yeah, I just,
0: yeah. So, how about hobbies or passion projects that are outside of the music and radio spectrum? Uh, do you have things that you do outside, religiously or not religiously, air quotes, <laughs> right. Uh, right. Um, that interfere or you know fight with the scheduling of the radio or anything like that?
3: I, I'm one of these humans that. I, I could sort of only do one thing at a time a lot. I tend to like delve into stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, So I was really, really into rock and roll, really into metal. And then um, right around 95 ish, um, I stopped you know, by my, uh, one bandmate died. My other bandmate quit. Uh, the band dissolved. I ended up in a relationship. It was just a, a, a lot. So I just, I, I kind of like, I don't want to say abandoned rock and roll, but I switched a lot of heavy emphasis. I wasn't doing two, three, four, five shows a week. Not radio shows, just like live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I, I listened to like 70s rock in my spare time, and, and I and just got into other stuff. And then I got heavily into motorcycles, and I did motorcycles for years. I mean, got heavily into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wrecked, <laughs> or was wrecked, however you want to look at it. Uh, I was in a, I don't want to call it near fatal, because that's more than it was. But I mean, you know, any wreck on a motorcycle could be fatal. Yeah. Uh, but it was bad enough. It broke both my arms, and you know, he called me Broken Arm Dave for like six months. Uh, so that, it, that changed my life. And then I, 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 I didn't, I evolved, uh, not evolved, but I got out of motorcycle. My, my frame, on my, my frame on my body was bent in several places. My frame on my motorcycle was broken two places. Uh, so I got out of motorcycles for a long, long time. Just this past year, I, I got a, a new one. Well, new to me to 2005, but it's new to me. Uh, so yeah, I, I love motors. I still love motorcycles, and I, I like riding them. Uh, does it impact my my radio now? Because I'm not like that. Passion's the the music passion is still strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to. I, I still love beer. I love beer, but beer doesn't love me. Uh, <laughs> and, and I get gout now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh God, I'd never wish that on you or any other person in the world.
4: My like
0: coworker with gout.
3: Go oh, so you've heard? You know, it's terrible. Oh my God, and yeah, uh, it's so bad that I just I, I haven't quit, mm-hmm. but I don't drink, mm-hmm. so I don't have any like you know no little chips, no milestones, no celebrations, no yeah. nothing. It's just you know like, I mean, had you said you want a beer, I would have said yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Had you said you want six beers, I'd be like, no, 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 you know, <laughs> right. no, because I'm scared to death. You know, I got it in my left knee, and it's like, geez, a whiz. I thought the big toe was bad, and the big toe was god awful, like mm-hmm. it was dreadful. But then I got it in the knee, and it's like you pray for death. You know, it's like I cannot function. You know, yeah. Um. So, yeah, but yeah, and uh, and beer did get in the way <laughs> of life. You know, mm-hmm. quite a few separate times every, every year, but I never quit for that. You know, it, right. it was gout that finally, uh, and like I said, I, I'm not a quitter. I have not quit. I just, uh, <laughs> I just, I'm just not active. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I am not, not a, you know, like a practicing, I'm not a practicing drunkard right now. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to foresee it coming back, but the funky thing is, man, I, I also like, I would have like not quit, quit many, many years ago. Had I known it was going to be hard, you know, like when, when, when the state was like, "You have to quit because we dictate what you say, you know right you must live this way. You must attend this meeting and you must you know, uh-huh. not, not consume this beverage." Uh, I fought that tooth and nail. Uh, I'm like, "No man, you, you know you can't tell me what to do."-huh uh, but yeah. Oh, and I love I, reading. I love reading. That is a, I love reading. Uh, I, there have been several days in my life uh just random days where i've written writ, uh not written that'd be really something read an entire novel in a day not a tremendous size novel you know not like stephen king's big big right, books right. but like a you know a 300 page
0: novel yeah i used to be able to do that yeah brain doesn't work like that anymore for some reason yeah. working on it <laughs> yeah i, I just,
3: so i you know i just i got two books out from the library right now um so yes yeah, so i support my local library support nice. my local bookstore yeah. Fiction, like
0: nonfiction? Read. Yeah. Anything? Anything. Awesome.
3: Yeah, I like to read. I watch Jeopardy all the time, you know, at, at TV. I always say, like, how do you know this stuff? I'm like, I read. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that, that's, that's how I you know, learn <laughs> I, I watch some stuff and I read. I read a lot, you know, and I, I read like a, a variety of topics. You know, it doesn't, I don't have like a specific thing that I'm, you know, really, really into. You just. I start reading science. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, you know, opens you know, rabbit holes, wormholes, or whatever. So yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I like I like to learn stuff. Yeah, awesome. And you can learn stuff in, in fiction. You know, you, yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot Sometimes. of fiction. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, don't Maybe. necessarily believe everything. You know, it's it's a made up story. Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: But Maybe not Harry Potter, but yeah, you know, some of the stuff. But
3: yeah, you know, yeah. I, I did like start to read a Harry Potter book and it, I mean the adaptation to the movie was like they did really well with it yeah. it was almost like word for word I'm like wow they did well with this yeah so I'm like okay there's really no reason because I watched all the Harry Potter movies yeah there's uh, not
0: a whole lot of reason yeah. to watch, like I don't the I books. don't need to
3: yeah I don't need to watch them again and I don't need to read the books, because it's literally... i I saw that movie yeah yeah
0: well this has been Pretty enlightening getting to talk to a fellow uh, podcast producer, radio radio guy, uh, content creator, as I believe we are called these days. I like that term. I, I mean, I'm not opposed to it, I suppose.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's
0: weird. Yeah, but, I'm
3: not sure how I feel about it.
0: But uh, where can people find uh, you and any projects that you want to plug on the Internet?
3: Oh, that's another wonderful question. Uh, I pretty much name everything Benzati live. So it's, it's kind of easy to do. If you Google Benzati live, B E N Z O T T I Benzati live, uh, or hashtag spread the metal. That's one of my tags. Uh, we're on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, I got a personal page on Facebook. I got a Benzati Live page on Facebook. I really like it if people would use the Benzati Live page on Facebook. Like I created that for the music, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like the other stuff, man, it's like pictures to my dog and stuff. You know, <laughs> it's not necessarily like I said. I can compartmentalize. You know, Dave yeah, Benzati's yeah. different from Benzati Live. Benzati Live strictly music. Right. All I want to talk about is music. Uh, but a lot of it bleeds over to my personal. Does page. Does have
0: a schedule currently for the releases?
3: My my show, yeah, for the show. Um, no, there's no real, and then you know, other than in the beginning, it was super easy to do six days a week, every day but Sunday, right? And it had nothing to do with religion. It was just like, man, I just <laughs> that's one day I'm going to not do it. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, there's not right now. Right now, good days are Monday, Monday night metal. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Mondays. I've been doing a lot of Thursdays. Mm-hmm. But depending on my work schedule, sometimes I do Fridays. Depending on Usually not Saturdays, because I'm supposed to work 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., and the show usually starts at 8 p.m. Right on. So if you want to find Benzati Live, Eastern Standard Time, usually 8 p.m. is a good time to look. Any of the links will take you to the show, and then if you go to Spreaker, uh, that's where it is, Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, Spreaker.com. If you follow us on Spreaker, which we... (laughs) 80-some thousand listens, we've got like 200-some followers. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. That's, those 200 people did not listen, you know, right? 160, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever it is, they, they listen to the same episode 100 times a apiece, yeah. you know, every day, constantly. That, that's not how But So I can't understand that at all. So apparently a lot of people don't follow us. But if you do, you get a little notification uh, as soon as we go live. Uh, Twitter, there's a Benzali Live on Twitter. Instagram, uh, where else? Oh, damn! Why didn't I say this? We're now on iHeartRadio, Radio, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Chaser, Podcast Addict. We're on something called Geo Savan in India. Okay. Uh, that's, yeah, <laughs> that, that yeah, the country of India, but has a lot. Of, I mean, there's billions of people that live in India, and yeah, we're on that. Uh, and probably a bunch of other places that I don't even know about. Uh, not on Spotify right now, but maybe at some point will be. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, pretty much anywhere where you can find podcasts, look for Ben Zadia. Look under music commentary. Uh, that's the, that's, ah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we'll try but, to grab some links and put them in the uh, the description of the video and the show notes of the podcast version. Get everybody linked sweet. up to Ben Live Live uh, as best as they can.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's like I said. It, it is harder to find. Which it's weird. I find it easy, but duh, I know where it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I say, if you Google it it, it, it it'll pop up immediately in in some way. Like, and usually every day I'll I'll post a link on. Facebook and Twitter, uh, either just a broad like iHeartRadio link or the broad Apple link or or the specific shows. Right. But you know, I think right now there are sixty nine episodes up on any given spot. So if you if you hit one of those and you, and you like it, you got sixty eight others you can listen to. So I think it's like hundred seventy seven hours worth of. Music or something crazy, you know, 117 awesome. hours. There's, yeah. there's a bunch of music, it'll keep you busy. Like, if you, you know, yeah, and you know, not, not, I don't want any of you to catch COVID, but if you do and you just like want to, like, dude, <laughs> all I want to do is listen to metal radio. I got you covered for, you know, at least a hundred and yeah. some odd hours. Yeah. Uh, you could just continually, and like, if you listen to Spreaker, it'll, when that one ends, it'll, it'll take you to the one before it and take you to the one before it take you. I don't think, uh, Apple or iHeart do that, but maybe they do. I don't know. But you get the main Sometimes, thing, the main yeah. page, yeah, the main page. <laughs> you could listen to them, and uh, like I try to label them, like I try to label them episode number. So mm-hmm. if if you know somebody wants to look up a specific one, I try to name them, which is funny because
0: yeah, naming's hard. Yeah, yeah,
3: you try naming something a thousand times, you know. It's <laughs> like so now I've gotten to the point where I don't even really make any like true effort into it. I just like steal somebody's song title. And I steal borrow, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, uh, tr- tribute somebody's song title, you know, it's an honor, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, take somebody's song title and call the episode that. It's somebody that's in the episode. Uh, and then I, I try to do, like, a different link photo e- every time too, which that's also difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just so. But then it's, it's hard to, like, tell somebody. So that's why I, I try to label them now, mm-hmm. you know, episode one. Like, we just had the episode, the 1,000th episode. So, if you're looking to check one out, that's a good one to check out. I mean, there's sometimes I get some cool call-ins, so you know, some 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 cool guests. Uh, Had Kings of Liars call in from uh, New York not too long ago. Got Book of Worms calling in. Uh, The one I just posted today, this this was a bizarre show, man. I I did 971 episodes, never had this problem. I bring this band down Strange Highways for Philadelphia. They bring their acoustic instruments. We're going to set up. Normally what we do, we set up, we talk like a little bit. I play like two or three songs, then we get into chit-chat a little bit. You strum your guitar, you sing your song. Maybe you'll sing another one. We talk a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I play a couple more songs, then you play a, a, a little bit more. I could not for the life of me get a recorded song to play. I started that episode five times. Now, the thing with Benzati Live is it's Benzati Live. Mm-hmm. Like, warts it all, no overdubs. You get what you get. You know, in the beginning, it was funny because I used to get so angry and so frustrated. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was, I, I'd look back and I laughed because it's like, oh my God, dude, you took this so seriously. Like, I would just get, I'd like, turn like red in the face and cuss and yell and scream when <laughs> stuff went wrong. Now I just like, hey, man, it is what it – But now <laughs> nothing, re- oh, knock on wood. Not much goes wrong. Yeah. But that night, I could not, and I have no idea why. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do. So, uh, like, we're not talking, well, actually, we are talking off air because I can't get the thing to get on air. Yeah. So I'm like, well, look, man, you got your guitars. You guys know a bunch of songs. You, you Like, you got a bunch of originals. You know a bunch of, of covers. Do you want to just, like, go live and we'll, we'll talk and play songs? They're like, yeah, man, we came here to be on the radio. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So we did it, and it was uh, it was episode nine hundred seventy two, and it ended up being the ninth month, the twenty seventh. Was that it? No, nine seven two. So I think that was the seventh day of the ninth month in twenty twenty one. So it was anyway, nine seventy two, and nine seventy two synced up yeah and that's only happened one time and it only happened it hasn't happened since and i hope it doesn't again because my ch- i just don't have an episode that day uh, <laughs> yeah. you know because unless i got a, a a happy like a band there yeah and so but that was that was really freaky weird so i reposted that today because they had their record released last night so there's like a buzz going around the internet uh Strange Highways out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's they're, They are a band that if you don't know now, I'm, I'm telling you, you're hearing it on your show, Ed. Uh, this is, yeah.
0: Well, we'll have to check out Strange Highways. Yeah. Hope everybody who's listening checks out Benzotti Live at some point in the future. I hope so. I noticed they had our uh, good friends from Hayes Mage on the show recently. A yeah. Song, uh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, well, they uh yeah, I just played Friday. Friday night they played. They played a show in Baltimore. That's that's the one I wanted to attend. Uh, I didn't attend, but I played their song on the radio. Mm-hmm. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. That's the other <laughs> cool thing is with the with it being in a podcast, you know. So so like those guys in that band can share that link today, next week. Yeah, they can send it to Europe. They can send it here. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And we're oh, I didn't say this. This was a cool little detail. My show's actually heard on all seven continents were heard. I lost track of the count. I think we're in like ninety nations right now, but all seven continents I got uh Antarctica confirmed
0: nice, yeah, <laughs>
3: I was bitching about it one night and and then like somebody hit me up and like hooked me up with the Antarctica connection, you know and, like confirmed <laughs> yes, this is actually true. I am listening, and this is where I am, like wow, nice. so yeah.
0: Oh, shout out so, to Antarctica.
3: So yeah, yeah. Keep, shout keep out. Keep warm, to, or don't don't melt everything. Don't. But. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's the, the the few folks that are down there. They're not the problem.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you yeah <know>. true.
3: <laughs> they're true. helping. They're helping. But yeah, it it definitely does. Uh, yeah, the more listeners, you know, that that get it and share it, like you know, it does not have to be live when you share it. You can yeah. you can you can listen to your when this when this is released on the 25th. Uh, Absolutely. I hope know. that
0: at some point in the future you become a big, famous household name, and people Google this video to check right. out what it was like before yeah. everything took off.
3: Why? See, okay. What? <laughs> See, now that you tie back to like seventeen questions ago. I kind of hope that SiriusXM has talent scouts, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Wait a minute! Oh, damn! I forgot to mention that too." See, <laughs> I actually did a small stint. I was on uh, Ozzy's Boneyard. Oh. For like, it was like three different days. It was the same episode, but three different days. I was, uh what the hell do they call it? Ultimate Center uh, on Ozzy's Boneyard.
4: Okay.
3: Uh, so, yeah, that happened. So, a bunch of people heard, you know, it wasn't Benzati Live, so to speak. It was a, a version thereof. Uh, but, yeah, but I'm hoping that, like, Ozzy's Boneyard, you know, maybe you could let me have two hours a week. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I would love to be on something like satellite radio with Banzai Live. That would be sweet and expand the audience there. I mean, man, they paid, you know, what's his name? Uh Howard Stern, like $10 million. I just heard Joe <laughs> Rogan, $100 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? You know, yeah. I will do it for a mere million. One lousy million, you know? <laughs> Call me. I'll do it for a lot less than one million. But, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah th- that would be cool. I, I should have said that, yeah. Ah. yeah. Expand. That would be... a. Uh, uh, maybe an easier way to expand the the listening audience.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: And I know people out there that listen to Sirius that would uh, eat up Benzati Live. Mm-hmm. You know? They would they would eat it up.
0: I think uh Benzati Live does a better job than Boneyard
3: on most given nights. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I enjoy Boneyard. I enjoy I Boneyard. I do. Yeah, enjoy yeah.
0: Boneyard. Yeah, but. I
3: do. I do. I just I the, the thing and it's not just boneyard, it's it's satellite itself. The thing that gets me is, oh, that's an awesome song. That's cool. But then three days later, I hear that same awesome song. I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. And then like two days later, and, and, and that's because I don't listen to Sirius that often. But I bet, like, okay, here's here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing. We my, my wife has Sirius in, in her car and my, my daughter and I like to burn wood out back in the fire pit. And we got the little Bluetooth thing or whatever. So one day we're sitting out there and we hook, hook Sirius XM up, or I, I don't want to call them out by name, but <laughs> yeah.
4: hit,
3: you know, hit, hit satellite radio out right, yeah. and we're listening to like hard rock. And we're playing a little game, you know. You bet, I bet, you know. We'll see if we can guess what the next band is. Mm-hmm. We got three in a row. <laughs> We're not that good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's the, 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 the odds of that. Like, we should be in, If we're that good, we should go to Vegas. Yeah. I, I openly challenge anybody in the world to play that same game and successfully do that with Benzati Live and get three in a row. Mm-hmm. It's, I, you know, that we're talking about. And it's not like huge mathematically, prob- you know, it's, yeah. it's just, I don't think anybody can do it.
0: I think it's the difference between a person who. Uh, Does this out of passion out versus doing it for uh, for money for for the end result being the money. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I want to thank you so much for being here today and sharing your knowledge and your stories about all the stuff. Thanks. all the things um
3: and this is, this has been really fun. This so, has been really fun. Yeah. I'm glad
0: we could sit down here and talk for about an hour about all this cool stuff.
3: This is awesome. Yeah. It's like I said it's, <laughs> it's 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 so cool to be in this chair. Yeah, so thanks for the opportunity. And uh thanks for all your listeners or thanks to all your listeners for listening in and yeah. I'll get my guys to listen to you. And you get your guys to listen to me. Absolutely. We can share. And I don't mean guys. Guys and gals, you know.
4: He, he, she, whatever. they, man, hey,
3: I'm a hundred percent with all pronouns. You know, I I have no uh, no compunction about any any anything. I'm like one of the most easiest people in the world to get along with, as far as you know, life. Right on. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Any any person, uh, please listen to both of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> often,
4: <laughs> often indeed. <laughs>
1: Hey, everybody, if you want to catch us live, we will be playing as members of the band Ralph on April 2nd at JB Love Drafts in Harrisburg alongside Morbid Cross, Bastard Cross, and Electrocutioner. So if you're a fan of thrash, that's where you're going to want to be again on April 2nd at JB Love Drafts in Harrisburg.
0: Yeah, it's a free show, uh, 21 and up with ID.
1: Can't beat that.
0: 225 North 2nd Street, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 11102, presented by Are You Morbid Podcast. Now, if you're watching this video out there in the internet land, please give a thumbs up and subscribe to the uh, button uh, that
1: way. I think way? it's down, S- somewhere. Right down, button is right there, subscribe, yeah, yeah. subscribe, I don't know.
0: Uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, uh, please consider leaving a review because that helps us a lot on all the pla- podcast platforms. Yeah,
1: you don't have to leave any comments; just the number of stars, which will be five. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it will uh, be five. As Beaumont Jones says, if you rate us four stars, I'm inclined to believe you are a hater.
0: Yes, I'm a five-star man. <laughs> this is brought to you by Medusa Head Media. You know what Medusa Head Media is? I certainly do. Right on. It
1: is our overarching umbrella company that covers everything that we do. Audio, visual, and print media, I believe.
0: Right on, brother. You can contact us at medusaheadmedia at gmail.com.
1: Please do. Lastly, this
0: is recorded at Orion Studios in Baltimore, Maryland. Thank you to our guests
1: Mr. Mr. Benzotti.
0: Mr. Dave Benzati, Kyle, Kermit, and of course, you, the listeners, viewers. And your boy over here. And your boy. Take care.